and welcome to the February special episode. That's, that's, that's I don't even know what I'm doing, Max. This is <laughs> this isn't a special episode. A this special is episode. episode. <laughs> it's kind of on time. That's sort of special. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. We we have been a little bit behind the clock, but like. Honestly, I couldn't wait to record this one. So, you know, we didn't hit the first Monday of the month, like, you know, our release schedule says, but we're still, you know, it's not the last day of the month, you know, like we did last time. So I don't think blowing deadlines counts if you're the one setting the deadlines, to be honest with you. It's true. And it's not like we have anyone paying for it. That's a good point. So as is tradition, we tell our listeners that we don't care about the expectations that you have right at the You're beginning of You're not my show. boss. You're not my supervisor. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> Micromanage this bitch. This isn't a video podcast, but if it was, you could see me grabbing my crotch. <laughs> we could cut the episode here. There's nothing you could do about it. What do you want, a refund? Get fucked. <laughs> yeah, this is Dead Space, not Callisto Protocol. There are no refunds here. Hey. All right. <laughs> Get fucked, Cluster Protocol. Anyway, uh, it wasn't a spoiler. That's the name of the game that we're talking about today. I started that like name of the game is like the statement, but it actually just worked for this podcast. So, um, but yeah, so Max, what have you been playing in the, in the last couple of weeks? Obviously, everyone knows you've been playing Dead Space. Uh, just one oh, crucial yeah. question before you answer. Did you finish Quest 64? <laughs> Oh my god. No, I haven't finished <laughs> Quest 64. Um, I've been going back through uh, Link's Awakening, the Switch remake, which I played mm. when it first came out, and I did a couple of runs through it, and I was like, yeah, this is really good. And I think that game really grows on on you, like, the more familiar you get with it. Because um, there's some puzzles in that game that are bullshit. Like, absolutely well, like- no... Like the dungeon at the, almost at the end where it's like you have to read read the books in the library and yeah, yeah that, it's that thing shit is ass. like that that is just <laughs> ass. Um, but if you go in with like a little bit of prior knowledge and you you just are able to breeze through that stuff, it's a it's a really enjoyable game. So I'm um, I'm towards the end of that uh, that one, and then obviously um, Prime came out last night, so that is oh, that man. is on deck. Uh, wait, so on deck. <laughs> Got to clarify here. <laughs> I don't want to you know, pull a rust yeah, and okay. start it playing is, it on the deck, even though it's I am playing it next on my Nintendo <laughs> Switch, on my officially licensed Nintendo Switch, <laughs> the way that Nintendo and God intended. <laughs> uh, so two things. Uh, one, you and I have a very different, and maybe it's because I only played through it once, but like just a very different feel on Link's Awakening. I just, I just dread the idea of going back to that game. Really? Like, yeah, I just didn't have a great time with it. It just didn't, it didn't sit with me. I really like the, like the style of game, like the, the Link's Awakening type style that it is, but like mm-hmm. how it's like, uh, you know, dungeons are embedded in the mountainside and you come in and out and like weave your way through the hills and, just dungeons like that where it's like not square but like modular rooms that lead into it i love that style but for some reason playing it in like 3d it just didn't hit me the same way as i remember Link's awakening that's fair enough Uh, but there's something really great yeah i i I found the art style really charming there's something sort of uh, so unique about how plasticky and artificial it feels which i think is intentional given the the storyline of the game um, 
I don't know. I got a lot of thoughts about it, and I'll try to put something together once I uh, once I wrap it up today or tomorrow. Nice. Yeah. I I don't know. I just like the story in that game. Like, never resonated really strongly with me either. Like, I get that there's some like emotional depth, like to tackle there but like at the end of the day in my like i'm just like this is a dream like does is what i'm doing does it even matter like what are the ramifications of this like when link wakes up what is he like what happens like because of the realizations that have, it was uh, all a dream michael he used to read uh, word up magazine i hate this <laughs> <laughs> there it is there's always one thing that makes me just want to close my laptop and call it a day <laughs> it, it's biggie it's generally biggie <laughs> damn it so um, how about you what have you been playing well um i have a couple things so i ripped my gamecube out of the basement um hey. and i picked up a copy of pikmin and i've been playing through that um so that's fun. Uh, it looks like garbage. <laughs> like just playing all these things on like these big fancy monitors and these new consoles and then going backwards. It's, it's like there's not enough pixels on the screen and it's like I can barely see what I'm doing. <laughs> so yeah, that's you got to get a CRT TV. I think if you're going to play that that kind of stuff, that's what it was built for. Yeah, I have it the way I'm playing it. I have it. uh an AV to HDMI adapter plugged into oh. the capture card, and then it's going onto a onto my monitor, which is like an OLED screen. So it's like it's it's trying to generate like really robust bright colors out of something that just isn't there. So right, it doesn't look fantastic. But um, so I'm playing through that. Um, still playing through Signalis slowly. Um, played through Dead Space, obviously, um, right. and then. Um, man, there's just there's other things. I started the Prime Remaster, um, and I've been playing a lot of Mario Kart. Weirdly enough, hey, um, which uh, it, Mario Kart Eight, yeah, for the nice. on the Switch. I'm I normally don't play a lot of games like that, but like I'm trying to introduce my four year old to video games, and that's just a really digestible, simple way to get her started. So. She's having a lot it's, of fun with it. There's a bet. lot of accessibility options in that game to like just turn on like the can't fall off the track, you know, always mm -hmm. moving forward. The auto and steering stuff. Yeah, all the stuff that I still use in my <laughs> mid-30s, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, But yes, yeah, so that's all I'm playing, but there's a lot to play. I want to touch on this really quickly just because of the timeline. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but like... Was it just me, or was that like the most banger Nintendo Direct we've had in a really long time? And like, we got some good shit out of it. I and I say that like everyone knows, like I'm a diehard Metroid fan. Even mm -hmm. I think even if you pluck Metroid out of that lineup, like it was still a great Direct. Yeah, given you like Pikmin Four, there was a lot of really really good, um, good looking and great sounding RPGs that were in mm -hmm. there. Um, you got the breath of the wild slash the only farming sim that they I was about in there. to say as a, as a farming <laughs> man myself, I felt like I was completely unrepresented in this Nintendo direct, which is a fucked up like pivot from, from the last one. <laughs> That's true. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I, there's a lot of stuff coming down the pipe. Um, I even loaded up the uh, NSO for, uh, Game Boy Advance and the Game Boy. I played a few oh, rounds yeah. of the original Tetris and started Minish Cap and you know all that just to 
feel the nostalgia. And then I was like, okay, I've had enough of this and turned it off. And went I booted Prime, up WarioWare so. this morning. That game fucks. Like, <laughs> absolutely, I think, underrated. For, like, the amount of artistic direction that went into something as underpowered as, like, the Game Boy Advance. Unbelievable shit. I don't know. I, I, I'm a big believer in WarioWare games now. Honestly, like a lot of people talk about how Wario games, like WarioWare, were like all those like mini game games and stuff, mm. they're just very much slept on. So yeah, I don't really. Yeah. Play I think that's them, true. So maybe I'm part of the I'm part of the problem here, Max. <laughs> Not <laughs> what else is new, Michael? What <laughs> else is new? Fuck, fuck me, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's that's what I've been playing. I have a lot of stuff I want to get back to, like. Um, I just like this past week, I know I said this last week or not last week, but last episode when we did the retrospective, but like, I legit cannot stop thinking about death's door. Like I had, if I don't replay this <laughs> game again in the next couple of weeks, I'm probably just gonna like, just cry. Like <laughs> if I can't find time for this game, I'm just going to punch a hole in my computer screen and go lay down. It's so. like a, what's nice about that game is that it's not a crazy long campaign like you could knock it out in a couple of days i'm sure especially now that like you know what you're doing and you've done an umbrella run because you hate yourself more than me and i'm a little bit jealous of that uh, <laughs> like it, it it's just a it's a well-paced story uh that game was great yeah also something that's uh else that i'm playing that's living rent free in my brain right now is neon white um, Fuck which yeah, I, I, baby! I know you've put a lot of hours into that game, but um, I just, I just love that. Like, no matter what what you're doing in this game, the only thing the game wants to do is make you feel cool. Like, yeah, that's it. Absolutely that's true. A, the whole, whole game is just trying to make you look cool. Shoot some demons, do some parkour, and have a good time. There's something about this game. Like, it is so. It feels like a game for cool teens, like. The dialogue is hokey and cheesy in a way that I think like cool teens would appreciate, but makes me feel like cringe because you know I'm I'm an old man. But the gameplay is so fucking good and like so focused, like so um, easily readable. Uh, like from a design perspective, it's so clear where you're supposed to go, and really it just wants you to go as quickly as possible. It's it's excellent shit. Yeah, there's only been like two or three times that I was like, okay, what do I do? Mm -hmm. And so far, but then it was just like, oh, just go where there's things to climb. Like, <laughs> and then you just figure it out within a matter of seconds. So, yeah, I overall, I've been like very happy with it. A uh, little, a little anime, but like at first mm -hmm. I thought, wow, this game's a little too anime for me. And then I realized that the game was like literally pushing it down your throat. And right. wanting you to th to say that, and so you just give into it, and it it makes it so much better. Yeah, so. I I completely agree. As long as you just sort of accept, like, oh, this is the style that it's that that it is. Like, yep. it makes it much easier to sink into it. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. Um, but I think that actually caps it off. Like, I'm gonna keep playing Neon White. It's not a game that like is really demanding at my time. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll be like, okay, I'm gonna shoot through these ten levels and then take a break, and then I'll come back and like try to do better on the times, things yeah. like that. Um, so I, I'm I'm liking that that aspect. It's very very interesting, and I think it won like indie 
like most stylish game or something like that. My best indie or something. It feels right. It won, that it either won or was nominated for something like that at the Game Awards. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. But yeah. But anyway, so Max, we're here. Michael. Last month when we met, talked about the all the games that we've played. Um it had been a year since we had over a year since we had recorded. And that whole time, we knew that Dead Space was getting a remake. Mm -hmm. And it was like just a side conversation as we were moving forward, like, hey, I hope they don't change this. Hey, I don't hope they don't change this. Oh, I heard they're giving Isaac a voice. And like just the little things that we were just constantly like upset about them changing. This is coming yeah. off of like from EA, you know, we're all already pissed about that, you know, and because <laughs> in the last... You know, when this game first came out, EA didn't have a good reputation, and they still haven't done anything to rectify that. No. Um, well, they also tanked the studio that made this game. Yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, there's just... There was a lot of hope for this game because it was Dead Space, but there at the same time, it was like a 50-50 split in the community that they were just like, I just don't see this going well no one does remakes well like no one knows what a remake is like it's yeah. crazy to see like how the gaming community was split on multiple topics because of this game's release yeah and just to give a little bit of background um michael and i i, I don't think this is going too far to say that dead space is probably one of like our favorite games that we've like you know we just have a real history with it and that game dates back to 2008 um and it was one of the first times that I really remembered, like, a lot of, feeling a lot of, like, pre-release hype. That was something that I, like, you know, I read articles about before it came out. Like, interviews with developers and things. Um, and there was so much thought put into the environmental design and, like, the enemy design and all this stuff. That by the time I actually got my hands on it, I was already floored. Um, so... I, I'm really happy that this game got a remake and that it's not just been relegated to, like, you know, the history books. Um, so seeing it come alive and being in the conversation again, like, it's already a game of the year contender, I would say. And it's, what, February? Yeah. Like, cool <laughs> shit. Really cool <laughs> shit. Yeah, unfortunately, this game, when it comes down to game of the year, has to contend with uh, Tears of the Kingdom, so... That's a that's a large that's a large ass. Oh, you mean Zelda against. nuts and bolts? Pass. <laughs> Calling it now, dog shit. You heard it here first. Tears of the Kingdom, Tears of the Farts. That's a six out of ten game. <laughs> Tears of the Farts. That doesn't make sense. You know, there's there's another podcast that I listen to where there is actually someone that genuinely thinks that this game is not going to be good. Like, they're like, I just have a feeling and like, I don't know, it's just a Zelda game. So it doesn't matter if it's good or not. Nintendo's going to get billions of dollars from it. Yeah. Um, oh, no. It's going to win everything because you're right. It is a Zelda game. But they're due for a flop. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it's fair. That's fair. Can't have the Switch U. <laughs> <laughs> let, let that one sink in. <laughs> all right. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, like it, it was cool to see like the hype around this and like obviously was it in December Callista Protocol came out and that was mm -hmm. like that game 
let's be real. It rode off of the Dead Space hype. Like that that game was designed to be everything everyone wanted in a Dead Space game. Now, and that was made by a lot of ex like visceral developers, right? Like it was some of the same team that had made Dead Space and I think that's yeah. what got people so interested in it. And that and that's totally okay. Like I personally have not played that game. I bought it at launch. Uh, mm-hmm. actually pre-ordered it and then when it came out it was just a hot mess for pc so i just refunded it and i was like i'll get this later whenever it's cheaper um and then what i realized is that i was trying to fill a dead space mm-hmm. hole like i really was and so i was like you know what would be better is instead of filling the dead space hole and then playing dead space it makes more a lot more sense to play dead space since it comes out in a few months and then whenever that itch comes back, play a new game. Yeah. Like doing it in the reverse might actually kill the experience of Dead Space for me. So, um, but that being said, like that that hype is what like got everyone riled up. And I, I almost feel like it's better for Dead Space that Callisto Protocol didn't do as well as they thought it was going to do. Cause like everyone got a little taste of what that like visceral horror was like. And then they were mm. like, okay. So this is cool, but it could be better. And then it was like, okay, now I have this. That's actually fucking awesome. So I think that's a good, yeah, that's a good point. And it would have been weird to see those two games like compete, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I, I think rather than just remake the same thing over and over again under a different name, like just call it what it is. So, mm. so, so happy we got this. Yeah, I remember in 2008 it's actually this game like i i didn't follow it as much i worked at gamestop at the time so my life was even worse than it is now if you can imagine that um but i had seen a lot of people who had bought this game and really liked it survival horror i was already in i was just again worked at gamestop getting six hours a week so like i didn't have the money for this uh, Mm. xbox 360 my parents were broke as dirt so they didn't have the money to buy me one um, I eventually just saved up, bought myself an Xbox 360, and this was the first game I got for the Xbox. The only yeah. game I had. And I stayed up all fucking night playing this game. <laughs> um, and it was worth every every penny of the purchase. Like it was just it was just incredible. Um but like I don't I don't even know where to start to start this conversation. Because well, so I don't you... I don't want to focus on the remake itself. I do want right. to talk about the remake, but like this this is a successful remake. This yes. game is every bit as good as the first one, and every every new mechanic that they added to this game enhances it one hundred percent. In my opinion, um, there there yeah. might be some some varying opinions on like specifics, but overall, it is a colossal improvement. But could not have done anything it does now without that super solid foundation that was Dead Space 2008. I completely agree with that. This feels one of the, like one of the few times, you know, because remakes are popular right now. There's a ton of them. And this feels like one of the few moments where it's not really a debate as to whether or not you should play the original or play the remake. I think people who have never experienced Dead Space before and remake is the first time you're coming into that story, you're not losing anything by playing this and, and skipping the original. As a matter of fact, I think that's probably like the, the more preferable way to, to experience this story at this point is through the remake. 
Um, Definitely the intended experience for sure as well. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. I, I agree 100%. Um, and part of that is due to some changes that I absolutely like, told you that I was skeptical about. I didn't like the idea that uh, our main character, Isaac Clark, was going to have a voice. Um, he's a silent protagonist in the original, and that allows him to stand in for uh, the the player. You know, you kind of put your own fear and anxiety into Isaac because he's not expressing anything on his own. Like, he gets to be you, effectively. Um and it turns out, having gone back and played a little bit of the original before this came out, that makes dialogue really fucking awkward because he doesn't speak. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of times where people are like telling Isaac to do something like, oh, you got to go fix the tram or whatever. And it feels a little bit like, um, you know, in some theme parks on like roller coasters, when you're standing in line and they try to have a story, it feels oh, a little yeah. bit like that kind of dialogue. We're like, we need you to go out and do this. And it, it's so fucking weird. Like, it feels a little bit theme parky. So having, like, a personality to our main character, actually, uh, it makes a huge difference. And they did a great job with it. Yeah, I I think I've I said this to you whenever we were kind of talking about the game, is that, like, I, that was one of my main concerns as well. Like, the mm -hmm. voice of Isaac bringing in... You know, they did a great, great thing, brought in the voice actor from two and three. Wonderful. He did a great job in this one. Mm -hmm. um, but I was worried about them having to recraft the story to make him talk. And initially I was like, oh, maybe it's just going to be like little things. Like when he stomps, I saw like in a in a preview for the game, like him stomping and he was like, fuck or like fuck yeah. this shit or so like something like that. Whenever he's like just going ballistic with swinging or kicking um, or stomping. But um what they did instead was make the conversation pertinent and make Isaac a very, very relevant, you know, protagonist. And the reason that's important is because, like you said, in those in that original game, as shit is just going to hell, you have Kendra and Hammond just bossing Isaac around, being like, go do yeah. this, go do this. And they're just fucking standing around doing nothing. But in this game, it gives Isaac a voice and they don't make him talk a lot. He doesn't talk to the player, which is absolutely crucial. Like mm -hmm. in open world games, he just, he says what he needs to. He tells people when they're wrong. He speaks uh, as an engineer of the ship, as yes. he knows what to do. And that's important because it keeps that connection the player has to that character alive. You're Isaac Clark, you're an engineer. You're here to fix the ship and figure out what's going on. And yeah. throughout the entirety of the story, that continues to be prevalent regardless of what the situation it is. That was something that really struck me about this game. Um, just if if you haven't played Dead Space, um, in, in really broad terms, uh, you get a distress call from a spaceship. You and a small crew are sent in to try to figure out what's going on and fix it. It turns out that everybody on the ship has been zombified which is not good. You're trapped on the ship. The goal is to fix it enough that you can escape. Um, and that's really kind of it. This is another like kind of God of War thing where I think the story has such a, like a concrete, understandable goal that really pushes forward. Um, and I've been harping on that a lot lately that I think that's something that really drives a good story is under, like having a connection with your character where their goal is relatable and easy to understand. And that's absolutely yeah. the case here. Um, it, it doesn't even change that often either. Like, um, 
that's what made the first God of War so great, as you people probably already know that we've we've said. But like, in the same thing, every time the goal would pivot, it ultimately goes back to that same task. I'm here to find my wife, yeah, figure and get out of here. Like mm-hmm. that. That's exactly what I'm here for, and it never changes, even down to the last scene of the game. Like it is all about yeah. that. So, and and. Um, all of those sub goals relate to Isaac as a character. You're generally fixing shit on the ship, and it's stuff that nobody but Isaac could fix because he's an engineer. Um, mm-hmm. What we were saying about his personality, something that really struck me in a lot of those conversations, is Isaac brings such a sense of like professional optimism. He really keeps people kind of from freaking out. Where like in his conversations with Hammond and Kendra, where they're like, "Oh, you know, uh, um, the communications are fucked." I can't, you know, we're doomed. There's nothing we can do. And Isaac's immediately like, it's probably not fucked. I'm going to go up, take a look at it. I can probably do something with it. So they get the array done and there's like, okay, I can't send out a distress signal. We're fucked. He's like, no, I can probably do something. <laughs> like he really keeps everybody on track just by being like, I, I don't know. I know what I'm doing. I'm good at my job. Just let me do it. Yeah, I, I like that. I like he's a he's a fixer. But he's like he's very precise in the words that he uses, and one of the the key scenes I noticed in this one that obviously is only in the remake because Isaac talks here is whenever because there's this back and forth in Kendra and Hammond like you're the bad guy, no you're the bad guy, like what what are you hiding? And then mm. you're alone with Hammond on the bridge, and he's like, listen, Isaac, I don't know what's going on. I swear I didn't know about any of this. Like I'm I I'm not I'm just trying to essentially convince Isaac that he's yeah. not a bad guy. And Isaac's just straight up honest with him. He's like, look, I don't know you or Kendra very well. I'm here to do my job. Let's just focus on that, and then we'll deal with this other shit. Yeah. (laughs) Stop the drama. And I think that's great because, like, if you ask anyone, even people who are, like, such drama queens, if they like drama, they're going to be like, no, that's for losers. (laughs) So, like, having that type of, like, immediate connection to that character being, like, cut the bullshit, let's let's jump through it. Everyone thinks that they're that person, and everyone wants that. Yeah. It's such a different dynamic than the first one where you're right. It's two people who hate each other bossing Isaac around, and he's got no voice in it. In this, he feels like he's much more a part of the team and sort of like, you know, the glue that's holding everything together. He does work well with everybody and keeps them on track. And, like, he's generally the one setting objectives. Even if he's the one doing the majority of the work, that feels appropriate because he's the one doling out, like, I'm going to go do this. You don't get killed. Like, that's that's really kind of it. Yeah. I, I love how this game, even in the original, even with, like, I, you got to hand it to him because, like, I think it was, it really was, pivoting these two the old versus the new where i really noticed how important it was for isaac to have that voice but like even when i i didn't ever think about that going back to the original game mm-hmm. like how garbage it was that isaac didn't talk it was <laughs> it just felt like a video game that was good it was scary the mechanics of the game carried it and that's what was really important about that game shoot off the limbs such a strange like deviation from yeah. anything you've ever learned about survival horror What do you shoot whenever a zombie approaches you? Always in the head. And Mm -hmm. now it's like, no, every the exact opposite, the other appendage, you know, things hanging off of the body. So I like how the game's narrative and the game's dialogue, the game's mechanics, everything, like, 
are just so like ingrained into creating this like total experience and it starts like right off the bat and because like every right at the start of this game you're on this little tiny vessel arriving on the ishimura and it's like as soon as you put on the hud and like you see like the the uh the life thing shoot Mm -hmm. up your back on your spine and it like instantly starts to introduce you to these like little mechanics that whether you know about them or not like we talked about if this is your first time or not like are very exciting like yeah oh it's like cool neon lights that like for some somehow that's tied to the rig that i'm wearing or um oh like what are these like plates on your armor this is some or plates on your suit this is some type of armor that yeah, i just keep getting more added as game goes on like mm. the game doesn't beat you over the head with these types of mechanics they're in there for you to find but it's just like if you just think think that you look cooler you could probably get through this whole game without even realizing that every time you change your suit it's doing shit for you too if you don't feel like reading so just like everything about this game like has like a really solid flow to it yeah and i i think that's where they made the biggest improvements in this game is the flow from the original to the new i'd agree with that and a lot of it is like the removal of loading screens helps a lot um (laughs) you know just sitting with isaac as he moves on the tram back and forth on the ishimura Actually, I, I don't know. That added to the overall cohesiveness of the experience for me and also made the Ishimura feel much more like a real place as opposed to like, you know, kind of disconnected levels that like I understand how these put together. But if there's a loading screen in between, like when you go to medical as opposed to the bridge, there's a little bit of work your brain has to do to like connect those dots. And here mm. it just feels like it's all one big ship, um, which is my hands down my favorite part of this game is the the level design of the Ishimura which feels like such a fully realized place all of these different places that you go to all these different sections of the ship feel not like part of a video game but somebody sat down and like okay if we were going to design this massive like industrial ship that was designed to like break planets apart what would it need to function? How would it work? Okay, it's probably going to be out in space for a long time. It needs to sustain its own food. It needs air, so we need hydroponics, things like that. It's so it's so fully realized um, and and adds so much to the immersiveness of, of Dead Space. Like, can't yeah. say enough good things about the environment. I, that's like, that was something that like really hit me as i was playing through this one it was like obviously you know we're playing this game 13 years well Mm -hmm. more than that 15 years later um i thought i was thinking 2021 for some reason it's 2023 um but 15 years later so like obviously we're looking for enhanced textures and looking for like more detail in the ship and better blood and things like that but like what the remake accomplished made things prettier but like going back to the first game like regardless this game is fucking dripping with atmosphere yeah like you don't this game lives rent free in my head like pretty much all the time like if you say zombie or creature like i automatically default to like dead space necromorphs and like just the Mm. the feeling of like these things like shooting out of the vents and and all that was like had a great base in the 2008 version but this new version just like brought things to life in like a whole new way 
You know, like you have like every enemy used to have like the set standard health bar. It's like, okay, this enemy you shoot this this many limbs off and it'll die. This mm-hmm. enemy you you handle it in this way. And in this one, like you've stopped thinking about those things because the different types of necromorphs, why they still had that like same base level of like um of I guess how you handle each one of them. Each mm-hmm. of them, you kind of forget about those things because, like, you can see their tendons ripping as you shoot them. Like, you can literally, like, shoot a limb, and while it's dangling from flesh, use kinesis to rip it off. Like, right. that shit is just awesome. Like, <laughs> they didn't have to do any of that, and that's just... I feel, I feel like that... I'll, I'll say it like this. The reason I think this remake works so well is because I don't feel like anything they did in this remake is anything that they didn't want to do in 2008. It is now all just ideas they likely had and just couldn't pull off on an Xbox 360. I think that's true. I think that's absolutely true. And why it feels like the remake stays so true to the the spirit of the original. Um, there are certain segments where... Um, a lot of the mechanics were changed in certain in certain places. I'm thinking particularly of um, there's a section where you know you realize that asteroids keep pelting the ship, and that's because like uh, the turrets on the on the on the ship are malfunctioning. So you got to go up and recalibrate those. And in the original game, like he, Isaac sat down at a little turret and. <laughs> Look, it's not a million miles away from Asteroids. It goes on for a little bit too long, and it's a little bit boring in the original, I think. It's also really hard. Like, yeah, I remember I was a like, bitch. dying a lot on that part. <laughs> so many stupid deaths in that. <laughs> um, and in this one, like, you have to go outside of the ship, you know, manually hook up your targeting system with one of the cannons, and then physically aim at asteroids to like take them out at the same time you're also managing your oxygen because you're out in the middle of space there's also enemies that are shooting at you so there's it's a lot more mechanically like dense and i think Mm. not something that they could have done in the original um yeah you know it makes it a much more interesting segment so like that's a change that i i completely endorse and it shows like i think a lot of forethought in saying like let's not keep this the same just because that's the way it was in the original um, we can improve this. Yeah, I mean, I, and I, for one, also am glad that that changed. I was not looking forward to that segment in the game at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad that you you said that because there was a lot of portions of the game that, like, either one, I couldn't remember if it was in the other, or two, they just completely flipped. Um, yeah. So, like, the whole story with, like, the whole arc with Chen like the, yeah. the that is not in the original game he's on your mm-hmm. ship i'm pretty sure he just immediately dies in the first room where you guys get pelted by the first necromorphs, necromorphs. he's owen one which is <laughs> terrible <laughs> yeah so like that whole arc was so cool and I, it directly leads into the valor the ship that crashes in i don't remember going on to the valor in the original one either you did Oh, you did? It's, okay. It's it's not as, like, explicit, because the way you enter it in this one is from the exterior of the ship. Okay, um, okay. And 
in in the original, it just kind of crashes into like I don't know a cargo bay or something. So it, if if you're not paying attention, it's not totally clear that you're going from one ship to another. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I think they did a really good job distinguishing the two in this one. Yeah, I really liked how they did it in this, and I know that like Hammond, whenever his arc comes to an end, that's also completely different because mm-hmm. um, that kind of his his end and Chen kind of like come together, and with the Singularity Core. But like in the first game, he gets. I actually like his death a lot more in the original game. I one of the agree. The, I wrote this down. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. <laughs> Dude, the brute, like I don't that I don't think that was the first. No, the first time you see a brute is on the the bridge, which is still yeah. the same first time you see one in this game. But like mm-hmm. when that thing shows up and just like gets a hold of him and it freaking like just ragdolls him into literally just smithereens, it yeah. is just it's such an iconic moment in that first game. Um, maybe the reason they changed it was because of that. Like, you know, it's very predictable. But I guess that's true. I, I I agree with you. I think Hammond got done a little bit dirty in this version. Out of all the character remakes, which I think on on the whole are are well done, um, yes. Hammond kind of gets the short end of the stick, where he's much less authoritative authoritative than he was in the original. Um, you know, you already brought up a conversation that he has with Isaac, where he's like, he's doing like bitchy office stuff right where he's like yeah. dude just between you and me right we're cool it's like, Shut the fuck up. i'm not doing this right now <laughs> which is exactly what isaac said he's like i'm here yeah, i'm here to it, work my my guy look, like come on <laughs> i got bigger fish to fry at the moment pal <laughs> i'm the one killing literally everything on the ship okay we can you know talk about who's up for vp next quarter okay <laughs> i don't need to do this you can have the parking spot that you left when you jettisoned chen into outer space and doomed us asshole. like an idiot <laughs> just a just a real dickhead move i don't see i don't know it if it's a if it's a game or a movie doesn't matter what it is immediately because i was like i was already picking out noticeable differences the whole thing with chen was the fact that he trapped him in that like that mm-hmm. pod, I was and he jettisoned it. I was like, "Great, I'm gonna have to deal with that later." Like instantly, yeah. that was what I was thinking, and I didn't know when, because uh, obviously it was all new. But I just I knew it. <laughs> so yeah. I liked I liked how they tied that in, like the the just different narrative uh, things. But uh, speaking of like character differences and th- stuff, can we talk about how Nicole looks like she smoked for like thirty <laughs> years? beyond really, like the first game and just like <laughs> they just sunk her face in like i i'm just kind of curious about the design choice there they aged her up quite a bit which was like probably smart because there is an alarming age difference in the first one where like <laughs> isaac's already graying in the first one and that that's an undergrad what are you <laughs> yeah, what are you yeah. doing pal you literally open the door like you land in ishimura and like i know Isaac, what you're gonna like, say walks in. <laughs> It's like, have a seat. <laughs> Why don't you take a seat right on there? Hey, Isaac, what are you doing here? <laughs> uh, she invited um, you all the way out here. She probably told you your parents were at home too, didn't, didn't she, pal? <laughs> oh, my God. oh, man. <laughs> now well, it's... Couldn't help but notice you're using one of your inf- inventory slots for wine coolers. Uh, what's that about? <laughs> 
<laughs> you only got 12 of those, Isaac. Are we just going to make it like a running theme that every every game that we, we talk about on any of our podcasts, we have to make the main character a predator of some sort? <laughs> you know what? Until they start figuring out how to write a character who's not a predator, I'm going to keep calling it out. Well, see, they fixed it in this one. They That's true. That's true. <laughs> You're right. Credit where it's due. And I would say that Nicole is a much more interesting character in this one. Um, I agree. I like I like the inclusion of of the side quests, um, mm-hmm. which is which was not in the original, where there's more reason to backtrack through the ship a little bit and find video logs, and you get a little bit of sense of what the tensions were between different staff members on the Ishimura before things went to hell. Um, which I appreciated and was good world building and like gave Nicole something to do other than just be, you know, the the dead sort of goal that is driving our protagonist <laughs> forward. Like she gets yeah. a little bit more to do, um, which I thought was good. Yeah, I'm like, there's, <laughs> there's a lot about this game that like the way that they structured this remake that I thought like really drove the narrative home just a lot harder like mm. from like chapter two, if you know the end of this game and you know the twist, there are things that you can start picking up on that are so much heavier in this game than in the original. And obviously, I think that the idea was like they didn't really start hinting at anything in the in the first one until like maybe chapter eight or nine mm-hmm. that there was something going on. But like literally in chapter one in this game, like you're walking along and like shit starts shaking in Isaac's head and he was like, ah, like just like he has to like yeah. crunch, crunch or hunch over and like wait till like these tremors in his head pass. And like right there, there's like a really good indication that, you know, something's happening and you, you kind of ignore it the first time you play through the game, not knowing what's happening. And then like you play through it again, knowing the ending and you're like, holy crap, like this is, this is early. Like I should have mm-hmm. seen that, should have seen this stuff coming. But even in like, because I'm I'm replaying through this game for the second time. I'm in chapter ten or eleven. I don't remember where I'm at right now. Um, but there's a line that even Kendra has, where it's not in the first game, but Isaac's talking about how he saw Nicole and it talked to Nicole, and she's like, "Oh, you saw Nicole, huh?" And he was like, "Yeah." yeah. She goes, "Well, you really are losing it, and it, you just don't even think anything of it because it, you think she's talking about what Isaac goes on to say." Right. But really, I mean, like, <laughs> bro, come on. <laughs> and I think that's partly why they pushed the, like, Hammond keeps seeing Chen. Um, like, everybody around you is seeing dead people. There's not one character that you interact with that isn't seeing dead people. So you can start to, to draw, like, a little bit from that. Yeah, um, for sure. Kendra sees her brother. You see... Yeah. Nicole spoiler alert spoiler alert for Uh, a 15 year old video game (laughs) Uh, yeah you see Nicole um, Dr. Kine sees his wife yep and then uh, the only person that doesn't see dead people is the what is her name Uh, no not Mercer Um, the girl doctor Jacob and oh oh um oh it's killing me. I don't know. I don't know how I how I overlooked that one. Yeah. Um, well, but technically she does. Well, she does. She she sees Isaac as Jacob, and at that point, Jacob's dead. 
Does she call him Jacob? I don't remember that. So at the end of the game, um, um, oh, oh, right, because you see her as you see Nicole, Nicole. yeah, and she, she sees you as Jacob Temple. I didn't make that connection because you. It's an I think it's in chapter ten that Jacob dies, which mm-hmm. is also a new segment, which I yes. thought was fucking rad. By yeah. the way, that scene rocked my world. <laughs> that was good shit. Uh, and I, I liked all those scenes, like the the shit with Doctor Mercer and everything. But I'll, I'll get back to that in a second. But yeah, yeah. Um, just going on down this rabbit hole about um, the the narrative devices they employed to keep in the background. That once you see them, like it's cool because it's not just like you said, it's not just one character. Like if you really pay attention to this, everyone has their own tells, and yeah. that's so neat because like it the game focuses once it gets like i think chapter six or seven where it's like the marker is like a definitive object on the ship that like you know about now and start to realize and i think it's a little later if you're not reading any logs or papers it's probably probably eight or nine that you pick up on what it is and what it actually does but you can find out a lot sooner than that um but just everything everyone says and like kendra being the one is Kendra seeing her brother? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a big question that, like, I had at the end of this, really thinking about the game was she says she sees her brother. Is she just playing along because she knows what the marker is and what it can do? Or is she actually seeing it because it would still have an effect on her, even if she's there? That's a solid question. I, I hadn't considered that, but yeah, I think that's a definite <laughs> To the <possibility>. Discord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's a possibility that she's just saying it to fit in with everybody else because everybody else sees somebody who would conceivably be on the Ishimura. And I don't think there's any chance that like Kendra's, well, Kendra's brother is long dead, so it wouldn't be there. That's true. Maybe that's the distinction there. Yeah. Mm. Now that's interesting. Crack the case. (laughs) Yeah. I really, just to get back to uh, Moss, is it Moss is the name of the, uh, uh, the doctor that um, I feel like it's a it's something a lot more like simple than that. Um, anyway, I I love the idea that Kendra is watching these two dummies as they guide each other around like the planet surface at the end, like both thinking that they're somebody else. That's fun. <laughs> That's fun to imagine. <laughs> I hate that. I, I hate I hate being a just a pawn in a game. Thanks, thanks, man. <laughs> Uh, Temple. Temple. Temple is the name. Yes, yes, um, yes. Which, okay, I, you know, I'm glad I said that because this is so funny. So do you remember, and anyone out there playing the game um, or has played it, you're moving through the game and there's a room that you go into. It's just like a little side room. It just has some ammo and stuff like that. But there's like a pentagram on the floor or some oh, type of room. like... Yeah. 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 Do you do you did you see what it said on the scrolling screen? What so, so above the door, every every door has mm-hmm. the the break room or whatever it's yeah, titled. Yeah, the name of the room. Like some, some subtext below it. Yeah. And I thought this I was just so it was so funny because the break room said no congregating. And that was the only break room that had like a church going on inside of it and i was like that has to be a joke right like yeah that, there, there's so there's something there that's pretty fun <laughs> i really like i think those kind of like subtext added for rooms um that was added in the remake and i really appreciated it because it added a little bit of flavor 
Like in all the engineering rooms, as you walk through, it says like it has been error days since one <laughs> since an incident was recorded. <laughs> that shit's fun. They um, also fixed their spelling error too. There's actually a spelling error in the first game. Really? Um, it's in mining control. In the first game, when you first go to mining control, above the door it says mining control. It's missing the R. Uh, leave so. it in. That's fun. <laughs> I agree. I thought it, I was actually really disappointed when I got there and I did not see the misspelling. So mm-hmm. it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. But now I I really appreciate all like the the narrative changes. And what I really like most about it was like it made the story just like slap that much harder. Um, the biggest thing that I really liked was it's it's when you first find Nicole and you're it's like in that like long hallway where you're on like the tram. Yep. And there's like those tentacle things on both sides, like shooting shit at you, and you get to the end and Nicole's on the other side mm-hmm. up behind the glass and she's talking to you. Um, if you when you come back out of that area and you turn on zero gravity, you don't have to go back over there. But that did you go back over there around that area? No, I didn't. So if you fly back over there, there's one of those message stations. And if you hit the message station, it has Temple, the the um, Elizabeth Temple or whatever her name uh, was. Cross. It's Elizabeth Cross. Uh, I just pulled okay. it up. Uh, okay. So Elizabeth Cross and Jacob Temple. Yep. Um, so it has Elizabeth on that, and she is talking on like a voice message and it mm-hmm. says like exactly the same thing that Nicole says to you. That's so that good. Part. That's yeah. so good. It is, it is amazing. And that obviously in the first game, like you just jump back on the original, you just jump mm-hmm. back on the tram and don't think anything of it. But adding right. like little things like that, she even says like, go into the control room next and then I'll show, I'll show whoever it is. I'll show you the way. And yep. it was like, and then Isaac walks right in there whenever he first gets there and that's what's going on so it's like it's really really good yeah because there was something if you hadn't figured it out when you first like meet nicole in the first game that she's like not there that she's dead i i don't know what to tell you man because she is completely unfazed by like all these necromorphs and shit um in the first game like it's so clear that she's i guess an illusion she would have to be but she's putting things into the computer. I'm not going to try to suss it out right now. But <laughs> that they made that mistake in this game too, but I think they tried to rectify it with the fact that that whole message had played and that it had already taken place. So what it was saying was a pre-recorded program that led him in there. Uh, I thought you were saying that the person that you saw as uh Nicole was just Elizabeth Cross. No, it was like a is like one of those message stations gotcha. that you hit and it like repeats essentially exactly what she I see. or what she has says okay. or she had said. I got you. I'm tracking. <clears throat> it's it's if one you when you play it again down the road, pay mm-hmm. set special attention to that part because it's like it's really cool because even knowing exactly what was going on and I hit that button and listened, I was like, holy shit, like <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. And I'm wondering like what other things because i didn't get that on my first playthrough i didn't fly over there so what did i miss other than that that could have yeah. like been little narrative devices to to help there so yeah um that's cool yeah it's it's strong i'll, I'll say that like it made it made the end of the game hit like way way harder um and it was like a really big driving force um 
I'll pivot here to talk about something I didn't like with the narrative. After the plot twist happens to where you realize that Nicole's been dead this entire time Mm -hmm. and Kendra reveals herself to be an absolute bastard and a traitor and the reason all of you are dying. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she kills Elizabeth, which totally sucks. I hated that. They introduced so many neat characters in this game and just obliterated them. They don't get a lot of screen time. Um, I, that, so the whole, the whole game, like there's tons of this shit happening where it's like the narrative is so strong and it pivots in like a lot of different directions. And I feel like right there, they just like left it and it just, it follows that exact same formula to the end. Now, is there a lot of ability to deviate there? Not really, because you just like from there you run back to the main ship and you have the final boss and then you, you call it a day. But I don't know. Like I wanted a little bit more between Isaac and Kendra there. Like I agree. And it's it I think if you're going through the game for the first time, that betrayal is gonna hit a lot harder and be more surprising because there's a lot more dialogue and almost kind of mutual like professional respect between Isaac and Kendra. Those those conversations on the codec are um I don't know, they're 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 well written and it it seems like two genuinely smart professional people who are trying to get through a crisis together. Um so getting stabbed in the back at the end is going to hurt a lot more than in the first game where both Kendra and Hammond are so unnecessarily like confrontational right at the beginning they're just bitching at each other like and it's not in a professional way it seems like two people who have been like in a shitty relationship <laughs> like it, oh, that is so true in the original game like i remember thinking that i was like were these two like ex-lovers or something yeah, like there has to be something more other. there because there's no way that you just it's a fight on site like this this makes no sense <laughs> yeah for sure yeah i don't i don't know it just felt like a little I hate to say scripted because the game was a remake, so it was kind of scripted. Yeah, but like, you don't really have a choice there. <laughs> but it just like, it felt just like there could have been a little bit something else. And what I guess what I wanted, the little bit that I thought about this, was like, when they get out to the end, Kendra's lost because they've already put the marker back. Like, Kendra's mm-hmm. getting off the ship and like, she's taking that as a win. Isaac wants to get off the ship too. And then this like, huge larger than life creature shows up that Isaac has to deal with and I wanted there to be like some type of like realization that's like kind of like they did throughout the game let's put our differences aside and solve this and then she dies like or something that like she does that like helps the battle or something like that but ultimately like as in every literary element that (laughs) the bad guy has to pay a price of some of some sort yeah I didn't want her to be a hero you know because fuck her that's why but (laughs) like I I don't know like some kind of a redemption arc yeah Isaac's humanity there like not even for her but like Mm. some ability for like Isaac to demonstrate that like regardless of what she's done she's still the only human that he knows that's alive and he's gonna do everything he can to save her I guess there was like that slight outreach trying to yeah. grab her hand. I was like, going to say they try to do that a little bit. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It maybe like something a little bit more to where she had like, he got, he got a really good grip and like, it was mm-hmm. like him or her and he made a hard decision. Like, I feel like that would have been really cool, 
um, have been yeah. like, you know, f- fuck you. <laughs> like, sorry. I, I don't know. Like, no, I, I get you. And candidly, I would say that like, you know, the big government conspiracy sort of like, you know, twist is absolutely the least interesting part of this story. Like it's already zombies on a spaceship. I don't need to be sold like <laughs> on more than that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think if there's a reason why, there's a lot of reasons why, but one of the big ones why I prefer Dead Space over its sequel is that it seems it's it's less about that. And and Dead Space Two is much more into like you know the cult of of um, what's the name of the re- was that unitology yeah uni- unitology not Scientology definitely not Scientology <laughs> absolutely not get wrecked Tom Cruise <laughs> <laughs> no but it gets much more into that and I found that less compelling than you know the sort of simple um, you know story in the original where that kind of thing is sort of just hinted at around the edges. Um, so the end of this game, I think is, is it falls a little bit flat with me only because of like, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I'm much more into the sort of simple, like you're stuck on a dying spaceship. How do you get this thing to work well enough that you can get out of it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I also like the final boss. Like, really didn't hit me. Even in the original, mm-hmm. I wasn't a big fan of it because it was like the whole game is like centered around these like really intense, like all of a sudden encounters that like puts you in like really high stakes life or death situations yeah. with just regular enemies that honestly are pretty easy to kill. Mm-hmm. But then it's like all of a sudden they reference like this. They they don't even reference it in the original. They reference the idea that there's a hive mind in the remake once, and it was whenever you're dealing with the Weezers. So, and because in the original, you just had to go and you, you killed them. You didn't inject them or anything. You just shot them and yeah. they die. And it, in this one... Or you could stomp them to save ammo. True, true. <laughs> uh, that's but a, in that's this a pro one, tip for a 15-year-old video game. <laughs> Max's pro gamer tips: stomp him if you can and save ammo. Yeah. <laughs> Max is trash at Call of Duty, guys. It's true. He's like, I'm not shooting anyone. Just like running around the field, knifing everyone. Just, just biffing. <laughs> I'm the worst person to play Halo with. <laughs> um, But no, in this one, instead of shooting or stomping the Weezers, you go up to them and inject them with serum because that leads back to like this hive mind. And mm. it's like, okay, like, maybe that's cool, but they don't reference the idea that there's, like, this massive on-planet huge creature that's, like, controlling all of this really at any point. Yeah, it's kind of a a surprise right at the end there. Um, So I do think it's good that they start to lay that foundation in the remake a little bit, because that will be important in, like, the later... Uh, Dead Space games, or at least in Dead Space 2. I don't know what the fuck happens in Dead Space 3 because I don't hate myself enough. <laughs> no, Isaac fights the moon. Duh. <laughs> That's not... E- okay. <laughs> it's not even wrong. I'm sorry. I, here's the thing. As I say, I don't know what happens. I looked up the Wikipedia page and that's not a million miles off from what happened. <laughs> oh my God. What happened? <laughs> for, for a little bit of context, guys, uh, Dead Space 3 had a... Um, 
obviously I've played through Dead Space 3. Max has played through Dead Space 3 back whenever it first came out, likely, as I did. Um, is that whenever you went through it? Like your oh, first I've time, never, like, absolutely not, no. You've never played through the whole thing? Nope. Okay, I, okay. <laughs> so I don't remember the game being as bad as it is because <laughs> I was like, oh my God, new Dead Space. It had Necromorphs. It had a decent like mechanic to where mm -hmm. I could shoot shit. And I was like, what, 22, uh, 23, like uh, 24, 25, somewhere in like early 20s. So like, I just wanted to shoot shit and move on. Right. But anyway, point being a couple, <clears throat> was it like a year and a half ago, you and I started the co-op campaign. Yeah. Like, hey, we're going to breeze through this and see if we can, we made it what, like 30 minutes? Maybe 10 minutes of <laughs> gameplay. And we're immediately like, oh, this is of a time and place. You, <laughs> yeah, you cannot reclaim this. <laughs> It was bad. It was really bad. So, there was a certain kind of like third person shooter that came out in the like late 2000s, getting into the early 2010s. Um, and it was just such a dog shit time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but I say all that to say that like with, <laughs> with Dead Space 1 story, Dead Space 2 story, and moving into whatever that third game was like dead space one had like such a strong structure mm -hmm. to it that like when you get to that end it's like mm, like i would have much preferred that battle be like okay here's a i've thought about this a lot i actually thought about this 20 years ago almost when i played this game first like <laughs> i would have rather there have been this like here like think of the runway from like James Bond 007 GoldenEye sure. and like you need to get from here to there you don't yeah. have any more ammo there are hundreds of necromorphs you choose where to use your ammo you run you are getting pelted by everything you possibly can crawling up from all scenarios and you get from here to there to whatever's over there and then you have to get back and that I'm that would be fucking awesome I'm glad you brought up this point because this ties into something that I was thinking about throughout this game. Um, and what I'm hoping might be like, if you've listened up until this point and been like, yeah, sounds awesome, but I'm not a survival horror guy. That's not my genre. And I don't like horror games. Um, hear me out for a second, because what I think is Dead Space is only a real survival horror game for about the first two hours is what I think. It's about the only time that you're, like, struggling for ammo. You have to conserve on, like, health and stuff. At a certain point, and pretty quickly, to the point where I think it is the intended experience, you kind of climb over that difficulty curve where you've got, like, a healthy supply of ammo. It's never really a concern. You're right. Enemies aren't all that threatening to you at a certain point. What this game wants to be at a certain point is just a incredibly well-put-together a third-party shooter. Like, that mechanic is where it really shines. Um, and so I think that's why, like, we end on this giant sort of, like, set-piece boss fight as opposed to something that would be much more, like, in line with a survival horror game, like what you're describing, that that sort of situation. You know that's what? I, I, I think Dead Space is ultimately, like, it's a sci-fi game first with, like, a horror setting. That's yeah. that's my pitch. No, I can see that. And like 
thinking thinking about like the boss battle like but i i didn't hate it like i'm not no, saying like either. it was dog shit it sucked like that's not what i'm saying at all but i i agree with the point about the survival horror i do think however that this remake is infinitely more accessible than the first yes. game was the first that game i do not remember having that much ammo. I don't remember the game catering to your weapon type. I don't remember any of that. I remember struggling through certain parts. And I remember mm -hmm. the difficulty being much, much higher in the original than this. So just for context, I don't believe the game... Yeah, the game doesn't give you the ability to play through it on impossible mode at start. You have to beat it first. Right. I played through the game on whatever the highest accessible difficulty was i feel like i feel like the game just launches you in and then you change the difficulty i don't remember actually picking at the beginning but i upgraded to whatever the hardest difficulty available was i died probably like five or six times this entire game yeah and the only thing i died to was like dumb shit like the warhead area where i oh like my god yep yeah that the, the I died explosion. a lot there. Yeah, I died two or three times there. I died from dumb shit like getting hit by the centrifuge because I didn't. I, th I thought I had enough time. Like I ran the wrong so. way. That was my first death. It was like, well, yeah. okay, well, we're not doing this one fucking clean, are we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and I I say that because like the game I and maybe it's because of my familiarity with Dead Space. I've played this game probably six to seven times through on the Xbox 360, in multiple times through since then and so maybe it's because like i just have like a really intense familiarity with it so yeah i don't find it that difficult but i don't remember the game being as easy as it is now i feel like it, the difficulty got scaled back it does cater to you i'm glad you you phrased it that way and i have a pretty like concrete example of that because a couple of the dumb deaths that i had uh i didn't upgrade my rig until very late in the game like all of my nodes and stuff I would use to just putting into damage output because that's what matters. Um, yeah. Which meant that I didn't have a lot of oxygen. So there's a chapter pretty early on in the game where Dr. Mercer, who is our, like, uh, secondary antagonist, um, sucks the oxygen out of the area that you're in. And you have to run a very specific path through some rooms uh, to a switch in order to turn the oxygen back on. And I died a couple of times doing that, like... You know, where I do dumb shit, like I would just, you have to go down an elevator and I'd get to the bottom and then immediately hit the elevator button again. So I'd go back up. Um, so yeah. I, I suffocated because I'm a fucking moron. But anyway, I did that <laughs> twice in a row. And then the game let me progress a little bit down that path before it turned off the oxygen, which meant that that route that I would generally have to run was basically cut in half. Um, okay, so I'm really glad that you brought that up because I really feel like I, I thought this two or three times in this la in this latest playthrough because I'm kind of running through it really quickly to get mm -hmm. to the point like I'm trying to get to like right at the end of chapter 11 before it's like you sure you can't go back and then I'm gonna go back and get everything. Sure, um, gotta get that pang, baby. Yeah, I found it on my first playthrough on accident. It is not where it was in the original game. No, it's so. not. Because <laughs> I remember that bitch being really hard to find. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's good that they I found it because I was going to have to like scan through the entire fucking hangar bay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But no, I rem- I don't remember what it was, but I remember there being one or two instances where I was like, was that like that a few seconds ago? Like, I feel like it just gave me a little bit of like leniency. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I can't recall what it was, but mm-hmm. I, I definitely think the game has like this baked in, like, Hey, they're struggling here. Let's give them a break. Yeah. That, uh, I forget what they call like the director in this, but, um, that algorithm that's supposed to like, you know, calibrate so you don't like burn out on scares or whatever. Um, oh, the intensity meter. That they the intensity in. meter. I feel like that's a mixed bag. I like yeah. the idea, but you know, the I think the original was paced well enough that that was kind of unnecessary. Um, well, and that's now, that's what they get with open world introduction or open ship introduction in this. You know, they need. To, I guess that's. I mean, you to, could always backtrack, but now now it feels fucking weird, right? Where you'll go back into a room and there's just an encounter that makes no sense, like. <laughs> It, I, I went back in because I was doing a bunch of side missions that I missed. Um, so I went back into like the main hub of uh, the mining room and it spawned in like three infectors with mm-hmm. no corpses or anything. So what are we doing here? What are you guys doing here? <laughs> I'm embarrassed for you at this point. So I actually, I really liked the i didn't have any weird situations like that so i guess that's that's kind of you know if it's a random encounter kind of thing you know yeah gotta take take it as it is but um i really like the idea of introducing that because like we've talked a lot about you know over the last year about how open world games have a lot of challenges and that's one of them is maintaining like a really consistent experience that keeps Mm -hmm. the player on their toes um and i've i felt that way like almost constantly there was obviously like the game has like the way that it's in layman's terms, the game is like, okay, you have a lot of ammo. You have, you haven't seen any enemies in a while. We're going to turn it up a little bit on you. Right. And I like that idea a lot, but again, like you said, if it's not executed just right, it can feel really dumb. So like fighting three infectors in a room where there's no dead bodies, like there's literally no intensity there. It's like, sure they can hit you, but, it's very easily kiteable and you could just stomp them to death while they're trying to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, but you're right. It does knowing that that's a possibility. It does keep some tension, even on repeat playthroughs. And that's something that's missing in the original is like, Mm -hmm. I, I've played through it enough that I feel like I have enemy placement down, like pretty, pretty much like room by room. I know on a basic level, what I'm going to run into. Um, and with this, you know, there were there were some actual like uh, surprises, like enemies dropped in that I wasn't anticipating, or it was like you're not supposed to be here yet. Yeah, um, for sure. And that can that the, the possibility of, of shit like that happening was more interesting than when those things actually happened. You know, I agree. I agree. Um, I will say we're talking about like the 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 scare value and stuff of the game. We've got to talk about like the scariest jump scare in this entire game. And it's definitely, and it got me on this playthrough as well. It's definitely when the water turns on when you first go to hydroponic. <laughs> like, I literally was playing this late at night and I literally just like dropped my controller. I was like, God damn it. I knew it was there. I Those wasn't tomatoes, there. man. <laughs> How did it get me again? I did the same like- thing. <laughs> so I think that one's it. It's the, the tomatoes and hydroponics and it's, 
almost tied with uh, every radio conversation ever. Oh yeah, like huh. that <laughs> is. <the> uh, most... <laughs> it's I like such in an this new futuristic sound, world. Like... like phones don't ring anymore. It's just you're <laughs> on your phone, and all of a sudden somebody's like Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's so, it's so loud. It's like that. It's the horror movie jump scare sound. Like, like, yeah. It's like, oh my god. Now, I'll be the first to admit that, like, I've been doing something like really intensely, and like my phone will ring, and I get like a startle from it. But like mm. the de- if that were like the dead the dead space sound, whenever someone contacted you, were like my phone, I would just throw my phone out the window or put You'd it on have silent. To. One of, one of those was probably more, you know, does, reasonable solution. I, frankly, in this world, I think that makes sense because phones don't ring in this world. You just True. start a conversation. What what a better way to live. <laughs> yeah, it's a, how awful would that be if you were just like walking and I was just like, Max. Max. <laughs> You'd never look at porn again. You couldn't. That's a high risk play. It's true. I don't know, man. There's some Sorry, shameless Peng. fucks out there. <laughs> Pang. There's always pang. There's always I'll tell you what, Michael. There's always pang. It's always a treasure, too. Um, um no, yeah. So that's I I kind of divide horror into like two sort of big camps, right? Where there's sort of like there's more like thoughtful, almost kind of philosophical horror. That would be your stuff like midsummer. I think Signalis falls into that category. And there's more like kind of schlocky, like slasher shit. Mm -hmm. And I think Dead Space falls much more on the slasher side of things, but it's very, very high production value slasher shit. And it knows what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So like scares are going to be more jump scares and startles than like, you know, that kind of creeping sort of, 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 you know, existential horror. I, I do think there's a lot of that though. Like don't get me wrong, there's no there's a, no point in this game where like I pause it or leave it like mm-hmm. and I'm thinking like, oh God, like that's that's horrible. Like you know yeah. it's you it, as soon as you walk away from it, that, that aspect's gone. You're right. It's definitely not like midsummer. That shit haunted me for um, mentally for weeks and months. Uh, I'm still thinking about that movie. <laughs> I have never stopped. I have never stopped. Um but like with Dead Space, like it's, I think it's a great, in my opinion, it's a great balance of the two. Like, cause there's enough emotional depth there with Isaac, especially in the remake, cause you really connect with him. I thought having a voice would make me stray away from it, but like yeah. I really like him a lot more as, as a fleshed out character. And when credits rolled and the, the whole sequence in the ship, like it made me like really feel like, okay. Like, what does he do now? Like, the game doesn't address that at all. Obviously, I know what happens to Dead Space 2, but, like, in that moment, what a, what is 20 minutes after the, the credits roll in Dead Space look like for Isaac when he's just, like, drifting in space by himself? Like, what? Like, how, how do you mentally handle that? Like, what what is he going through in those moments? Like, so I, did, I didn't write it off completely on one end of the spectrum because That's there's, fair. like, there's a lot of, like, I don't want to say nuance because that's not really what I'm trying to say. There's a lot to like ponder about how Isaac gets from point A to point B. But what I really like is for continuity's sake, when as they're leading into like Dead Space 2, hopefully with a, a remake there too. But when mm-hmm. they lead into Dead Space 2, which is a lot heavier into like the unitology and him having to deal with all that bullshit right. again, 
um, how they set Dead Space 1 up to actually have Isaac have an emotional connection and hatred to this religion. That's a good point. I think point. That's, that's a very good device because it, I think it'll make Dead Space 2 more actionable, I guess is a good word. Because mm -hmm. like you said in the beginning, or just a little bit ago when we were talking about it, it's like Dead Space 2 has that like, it's like, okay, I get that like you went through this, but Isaac's only connection to this religion was the fact that he had to live this horror. So why right. the fuck would he want to go back to this? Like, why would he volunteer or put himself in a situation where, mm -hmm. or just like, why wouldn't he just blow his fucking brains out? Like, like this would this just sucks. But now yeah. it's like, this is a direct, my mother went through this. Like she literally killed herself because of this bullshit. And I hate mm -hmm. that other people are having to deal with this. I lost Nicole because of this. So I'm hoping that whenever they make Dead Space 2, as a result of how the remake has happened, it really plays on Isaac's emotions there. And it can you, they can carry that story on in a more meaningful way. Because let's be honest, the Dead Space 2 mechanically is fantastic. It's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. But it loses that, you know, that story horror. Agreed. It, it it gets much more... Dead Space 2, I think, is a lot more focused on lore. Uh, mm -hmm. Where it expects you to have a little bit of context from the first one. You know, you sort of have to understand, you know, what unitology is as a cult. And, like, what a marker is. And its relationship to, like, necromorphs and stuff. All of that stuff... you kind of have to know if you're going to get anything out of Dead Space 2. Um, I and still I think don't know it. And I've played that game like a hundred times. The I still don't get it. Like, it's, st it's still just like fucking ethereal. Like, mm. they explain it and they're like, hey, this is what this is. And you're like, what? <laughs> I still don't know what the fuck a marker actually does or what it is. <laughs> I think it measures your Thetan levels. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, true. That's fair. <laughs> You draw with it, right? Like, I, I different think, colors. I, think, I remember seeing John Travolta explain this at some point. <laughs> Hate you. Um, yeah, like it, it just, it, Dead Space 2 relies on a lot of context about how the world works, and none of that is really explained organically. Um, it's still a good story, and he, Isaac got a voice for the first time, so it built out his character a lot more, and I think you're right. Um Setting up his relationship to the church through his mom in this game opens up a lot more um, possibilities if they end up making a remake of two um, that weren't available at the time. But there's something to be said for the the straightforwardness of the first game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think you. With the, just the way the story is structured around that lore, like you said, I think you open it up to the same type of thing that we talked about with Ragnarok. Is that yeah. there's just there's not it won't have that like linear one single goal. That's it exactly just, it. Like, it it has of, the same sort of sequel like symptoms, you know. Yeah. Um, whereas like in this playthrough of Dead Space, my the driving thing was just all of these objectives of like fixing the ship were so concrete and made so much sense and like felt really good to like, okay, everything's fucked here. How can I make it slightly less fucked? You know, there's yeah. something like of getting into, you know, your, your character a little bit. You're an engineer. 
you fix things. Room to room, how can I fix things? Like, to me, it felt like as you progressed further into the game, Isaac took a little bit more ownership of the Ishimura. Like, Mm -hmm. you start to feel like you're kind of looking after it, which is why, and this is my, like, harebrained theory of the of of the week <laughs> of the month however long we do these um <laughs> there's a very like specific kind of architecture to the ishimura it uses these like kind of almost rib like structures and mm-hmm. like throughout the exterior of it and also throughout a lot of the interior design um these are also the same things that get added to Isaac's armor as you play through the game more which means as you like progress through the game, Isaac starts to look more and more like he fits into the environment that he's in. Like you, it almost feels like he becomes an extension of the Ishimura itself. I think that's intentional. I have nothing to back that up, but I think it's intentional. Until you get the uh, level six suit and then you Which, just look like a weird stormtrooper. You look a little <laughs> bit like a panda stormtrooper. Yeah, I don't. It's less goofy than it was in the first game, but it's still not good. <laughs> yeah, it, like... I, it was funny because like I I intentionally avoided spoilers on that aspect, mm-hmm. um, so that whenever I actually unlocked whatever it was, I would be able to see it. And they just like literally just used the same suits from the the military people had, right. which I was like, that makes sense. Like it, it's an accessible like story piece of armor. Like that's, but it looks like crap. Like Agreed. I don't know. <laughs> It, what really bummed me out about it, because I was like, all right, I guess I'll put that on to see what it looks like. I didn't I didn't put it together that like, oh, that's an upgrade, not like a cosmetic. So you can't yeah. go back to like the level six suit. You're just stuck with it. Dude, it, yeah. And it's like, it's really expensive too. Like I had to fight to get that. It's like, it's 99,000 credits. Like it took me almost to like chapter four or five. Like whenever mm-hmm. you fight the Leviathan is whenever I got that. Oh, yeah. Like, uh when I got that suit finally and saved up for it. Cause I was like, and I was conserving too. So, and I didn't get it till that late. And the game gives you 50,000 credits for beating it on your, on new game plus. So it's mm-hmm. like, that's how long it takes to like save that much money. Yeah. Um, but all that's being said, like, I really like that aspect of it. Like the, the ship, they, they kind of touch on this as you're moving through it. There's actually a comment that Isaac makes about like, um, uh, when they're talking about the getting the admin key card or like the master key card, whenever he's like, man, if I had that, like I could get like one of these engineering suits and that'd be pretty sick. Like that, yeah. that would, that helped me out a lot. So like the idea they're playing on the idea, like the Ishimura is alive. It's a real place that people had worked before this happened. It has everything it needs for full sustainability, including the suits, the upgrades, all of yeah. that information is baked in. Like you said, as an extension of the ship, as you upgrade that, it's suiting you to be more flexible for what the ship needs. I, I really like that point. That's a really good point. Yeah. It's why I think, like, it is such a good choice um, that all of Isaac's weapons, for the most part, are, like, construction tools, like heavy machinery. It gives mm-hmm. it such, like, there's, I. it's mechanically interesting because you're not using the same, like, you know, Semi-automatic, pistol, shotgun, whatever. The same shit you see in, like, every video game. Like, there's a little bit of flavor to it. It makes it feel desperate, like Isaac's grabbing whatever's around. Um, Yeah. And it fits his character. These would be things that Isaac is familiar with, things that he could handle well. Like, it is such a 
just a brilliant like mechanic. It it works narratively. It makes mechanics interesting, um, and it builds into the atmosphere of the Ishimura. I think it's so cool. I I agree, and I I've I'm glad you brought that up because that was one of the things I have on my notes was that the the game does a good job of telling the story of Isaac the engineer, mm-hmm. and part of that is focusing on the engineering side. Every I know you just kind of mentioned this. This is what I had in my notes, but like when Isaac first picks up the pieces of the plasma cutter it's called a plasma cutter not a pistol when they designed this game they they didn't it was almost like they didn't go okay we need a pistol it can be the plasma yeah. cutter it's like they're like this is an engineer he knows how to cut things with plasma beams to like mm. put ships together in outer space let's make the plasma cutter it's like they worked backwards narratively to get what they needed and i, th- I think that's really cool like Saw using a a freaking saw blade as a weapon, yeah. using a, a line gun that just shoots like light essentially into like a really intense format. A force gun that literally is not—it's not—it doesn't even shoot anything. It just blows weak limbs off of enemies. Like right, that shit's dope. So yeah. <laughs> the only I think the only weapon is the pulse rifle, mm-hmm. and that's only because like it it's cool because if you find when and you're in areas of the ship and like the armory and things like that the only thing that you see in those racks and stuff is the pulse, pulse rifles because it was yeah. the only weapon really on the ship mm-hmm. so i thought it was re- it's really cool that's a really good point yeah um it's it just gives such flavor to to the combat like there aren't a lot of third person shooters that are doing what dead space is doing you know the weapons you use are weird. The way that you defeat enemies is weird. Um, and gaining like a mastery over that skill um, it makes... I, I, it's one of the big reasons why I think um, I wouldn't categorize this as a full like uh, survival horror game is because in survival horror games, I think you're fighting mechanics a lot where like that's part of the the, you know spooky situation is that guns are hard to use in this the guns are so like so well crafted and fun to use (laughs) (laughs) that's so true that is so true like so i did i did my first run of this game with plasma cutter only because like why not that's the only (laughs) that's the only like gun that you ever really need yeah and that's what that's what got me upset about the fact that the game gives you too much ammo because i remember back when i played this on 360 i did my i had the other weapons i didn't when i first played this game back in 2008 i didn't intentionally ignore other weapons like Mm -hmm. it was just the plasma cutter was just fucking awesome so like why would i want to use anything else but in this game the game the game gave me so much freaking ammo that like I almost forgot about the fact that I could rip limbs off of things and shoot like things from the environment at enemies. And like, I feel like when I played this back in the day, that was like such a crucial element. Like, Oh my God, I'm out of plasma cutter ammo. Like I just killed that enemy. Let me rip his limb off and, and spike this enemy up against the wall. Agreed. And also I don't remember legitimately every single enemy giving you something in this game. Every single, I'm not joking, every yeah. single enemy you kill, even on hard difficulty, drops something, whether it's money or ammo. And if you put every gun in your inventory away, other than the one that you're using, you will only get that ammo. Right. And that just is too easy. Like, 
I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I just, I know we've talked about that a little bit before, but like, that's one of my biggest complaints about this game is it just, it is just too simple. Yeah. I think that this is why like, and I'm, I might be bending over backwards to like defend this, but I think that's intended experience. And at a certain point, like, I think the game wants you to climb over the difficulty curve. Like, it wants yeah, you to sure. have unlimited ammo. It wants those big set piece battles where there's a million necromorphs and you have to like not think about how much ammo you're dumping into it. Just like just fire. Try to survive in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I get that. But like I what what quite what makes me question it though is like the fact that like I don't remember the first one being that way. But again, that could also just be like my familiarity mm. and like how much I've played this game might it probably lends way to some of that. Yeah. Um, but I I do think that they dropped... So the other thing is that, like, you're right. It is a little bit silly that every enemy drops something. And they only drop something when they're absolutely dead. Which means that you get yes. a telltale sign immediately that, like, okay, done with that guy, I can move on to the next thing. It feels <laughs> a little bit arcadey, a little bit like video gamey. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, like, every enemy dropping something, like, it it kind of kills the vibe a little bit like because mm -hmm. it almost feels like there's a chore now it's like oh if i shoot that thing's limb off and then it just falls over dead and i didn't see a, a little flying light just like flicker out of it for right. some unknown gotta reason. go over gotta stomp it I, out exactly so like because even though i don't like that about the game i'm gonna go get it because then yeah. i can sell it to get another power node like or something mm -hmm. like that um but i don't know like I'm nitpicking because, like, obviously, I thought this remake was, sure. you know, phenomenal. Um, but, like, just little things like that, I just wish had been tweaked. And I bring that up because I'm playing through the second or my new game plus. I'm playing through it on hard mode. I didn't downscale it just because I didn't really have that much of a difficulty with it. But I'm looking to the future and I'm thinking about playing on impossible mode. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, there's this other game type. It's impossible mode. It's going to be a lot more difficult it's just but like it's not though and that's that's another thing that really frustrates me about this game is like i want enemies to do more damage i want right. me to take uh or have less health or just some type of like scaling that makes the game harder or like less drops things like that impossible mode is not any of that it is literally just hard mode with one save and you can't die right. at all which makes segments like the warhead room mm -hmm. like fuck that like because <laughs> like yeah. i die over the dumbest stuff in that room like exactly it's just bullshit when i um, when i ran the wrong way in the the uh centrifuge like immediately that was my first thought it was like okay so impossible mode is out i've dumped four hours into this already and like i would i would put down the controller i'm not doing yeah anything. Yeah, uh, actually, Russ made a really, really good point about that. He was like, it's, I forget exactly what he said, but essentially he had said that, like, there's there's having fun and then there's just that. Like, yeah. that's bullshit. Like, I, and that's like the only saving once. What the fuck is that? Like, I don't want to sit down. I could probably, if you sat down and played nonstop, then you could probably clear this game in about six, seven hours. Yeah, but Maybe that's a eight. long time. It's a long ass time. Like, <laughs> Even if I didn't have kids and didn't have a job, I mm. still don't want to sit down and play through a whole ass story in one sitting. Like, yeah, 
like I don't know. I think there there are some like hard modes like that that are just not implemented well and don't respect your time. Yeah, I agree. And, and that's pretty guilty of it because you're right. If it's not changing the difficulty from hard mode, which is not a crazy step up from normal, I don't think. It is. Um, <laughs> then it's just going to be like the bullshit deaths that are going to drive you nuts. And yep. if you have a bullshit death, you're not going to have another crack at that room for another six or seven hours. Like, mm-mm. Yeah. And then just to mess it, I could mess it all up again. Yeah. It's, I don't know. That achievement might have to wait. Um, but I will say this. So it's just kind of pivoting into this point. I love... There, there's so many games that like I will close credits on and I'll sit down on my controller and be like, that was so satisfying. Like, mm. I feel full. I'm good. I can move past this. And we've talked about that a couple times uh, with things that we've covered in the show. But like when credits rolled on this game, I <laughs> immediately jumped back into New Game Plus and was having a good time. Yeah. Like this game has so much replay value in my opinion and I don't even think it has to do with like the intensity meter or anything like that. It is just good fun. Like mm-hmm. having games that can, I'm, I know I've said this already today, but like live rent free in your head like this just doesn't happen anymore. Like most times, like especially like thinking back to like Elden Ring, when I closed out the last endings and got all the achievements and stuff, I was like, I really don't weeks later i don't know if i want to come back to this game like it's just a lot yeah i have no problem at any given moment jumping on my computer and booting this game up like having already cleared it almost twice i'm probably gonna play through it again like it's just a good time (laughs) i'm glad you said that because i was going back and forth about considering like the replay value in this and i have a very like similar experience to you where you know i saw that i unlocked a new suit i had a whole bunch of credits they give you a fuck ton of power nodes for reasons passing understanding. Um, (laughs) And I was like, rad. So I jumped back into it. And I don't know if we're in the minority there. Um, But like, if I was recommending this game to somebody who had never played Dead Space before, like, I would hope that would be the intended, like, that would be their experience, that they'd immediately want to jump back into it. But let's say, you know, you go through it for the first time, you close it out and you have that feeling of like satisfaction. Would you say somebody playing through this game just once, do they get their money's worth? Cause it is a shorter game. Yeah. I, th- I think we touched on this about like a year ago when we talked about dread, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's really like what you put into this because yeah. with, with the changes in remake, it isn't just a flat story. Now, now you have these side missions, albeit there's only two major side missions in the game. Uh, major side missions, um, but there's only a couple of them in the game. But they're they're pretty robust. They they send you all over the ship. They have you going from place to place. Um, and most importantly, you can achieve aspects of the side missions in tandem with the main story, right. which I thought was so perfectly executed. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm in this room. Oh, look, there's a rig that I needed to collect to get that master admin card thing. Right. Uh, or, oh, look, like there's this tissue sample that like is now is just part of the side mission. Like that kind of stuff is like so crucial to keeping like the, the fluidity of the game. Um, but 
the game is everything that you put into it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. If you want to go back and like clear all those like level three security clearances now that you have this like awesome. If you want to, you want to do that, like you can spend the extra 30 minutes running back through like each section and clearing each floor and opening that stuff up and getting the power nodes and uh, new schematics and different types of things just to make the experience more fun. And what I like about that is it is all about just making the experience more fun. Yeah. And that actually leads into, all right, I'll finish that. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Cause that's a different uh, conversation. My point is yes. Like the game in one run, you could get your money's worth here, but anytime a game that's that good that you can get that money's worth also gives you the opportunity to like, Hey, how about you double down or triple down or like, I'll right. probably do four or five runs before I like stop playing this game for, for a couple of years, you know? Sure. Um, I would say probably after four or five runs, the next time I play it will probably be when they announce dead space two And I've refreshed myself on the, on the game. You know what I mean? So I, I think it's coming. I, I don't want to jinx anything, but like, so far, it seems like this has gotten a lot of like, you know, it's been a popular release and it's gotten a lot of critical like attention, which yeah. I think is are good signs for for green lighting the uh, the remake of the sequel. There was also a pretty flagrant Dead Space Two uh, Easter egg in the remake. Mm. You have to hunt for it, but there's some like audio segment that you find that pretty clearly lays it out that that's now again, like if this had flopped dog shit, that would have been in there anyway. Right. And they definitely wouldn't have remade it then. So like, who knows if what, what that means, if anything, but I have, you have to imagine this is coming. And I say this because what I really want to happen is they make one and it's great. You know exactly where I'm going to this. I know exactly what you're going to say. They fix two and they redo three. Three, yeah. Like they they just and You'd if they to... want if they do that and then they're like, cool, we want to re like completely retcon three and make a new one just so we can keep going with Dead Space. Do it as long as it's good. I don't care if there's Dead Space four or five. As long as they're good, I'm gonna play them. Yeah, and I would trust this team. You know. They've added so much to this game. They've they, they've had a script to work from for sure, but mm -hmm. all of those like character interactions that we've talked about, all of those like fleshed out moments, like that's all entirely new and like a, a presumably a new set of like writers and developers, and um, it came together beautifully. Like I I absolutely if they had a little bit more freedom in in two going into three, like I I would trust them completely. Yeah, and I I want to give an example of why or how I think that, like, why I think that we can trust these people moving forward. Let's think about what one of the things I thought about the most was in the room where you're fixing the comms array. Mm -hmm. And there are these, like, essentially it's like this grid of, like, four in a, it's almost like a, like an umbrella type shape. Yeah, yeah. And like where the spines of the umbrella would be, there's like these satellites that you have to like fix a set pattern for the electricity to get to the center. Mm -hmm. And it was a little bit, it was a little bit like that in the original. But the difference here is that instead of in Dead Space One, in zero gravity environments, 
you had the ability to look where you wanted to go and then leap through the air and you, Isaac would just like fly. Yeah. And he would just like, you know, just launch himself and he would land and you'd kind of jump to where you wanted to go. You kind of really had to cool. Spider-Man your way around the room. Yeah, it, it was cool. It felt great. It was kind of a neat mechanic. It, it added a little bit of like, you know, oh, there's enemies over there. Let's wait for them to jump at me and then I'll jump and, you know, give yourself mm. time. So there's some strategy to it. But in this one, they implemented the Dead Space 2 like flying around. And what I love right. about that is they they noticed they had a new ability to create things. So instead of like fighting the thing that slaps onto the ship with the gun inside of the ship, now you're outside using ADS cannons and like flying around and like they changed portions of the game not to just to change them, but to complement the new mechanics and abilities that like Isaac had. And things like that are just why you can trust or things like that and still trust in these developers that like make me okay with the fact that they want to remake two. And if they're yeah. they're like hey, we're going to remake three. And they didn't say we're going to retcon three. They just said we're going to remake three. I'm going to have to trust them and play it. And then I'll if I get five minutes in and it's the same, I'm just going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It didn't bother me all that much, you know, not playing three. I, you know, I still have a ton of love for one and two. So if if that's the way it is, that's fine. But mm -hmm. I'm, I've already lived that, you know, I'm not. Yeah, not exactly. A new, a new you wound. can't hurt me any more than I've already been hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. But no, I, I agree though. Like the, the studio has like my full faith. This is like, I very much feel this remake is like very on par with like how Mercury Steam came out of the gate with Samus. I was about to say, like, we're getting a little bit outside here, but like you've got to be riding pretty high lately, considering the amount of like critical attention that Dead Space is getting. You know, it it seems like all like signs are pointing towards a revival of the series. Um, just yesterday, Metroid got a fuck ton of attention to the point where like Nintendo has to have some kind of plans for that, right? Like it it just dropped three uh, titles yesterday with. The primary or the primary master, uh, fusion on the way, and if you want to play the original like Metroid Two, good fucking luck. But you can. No, like, I. <laughs> it seems like Scott... video game news lately is targeted at Michael Bonner. <laughs> you know what? I'm not. I'm not mad about it. Uh, also, Pikmin Four was the first thing on there. I'm a big oh, Pikmin yeah. fan, so like, it, <laughs> you're not wrong. Like, it all signs were like complete go. That's why like. I was asking people, that's why I asked you, I was like, was it just me or was the direct actually straight fire? <laughs> so, Cause I don't know, like you said, it did seem like it was like all, all signs pointed to, to go for me. So I would, I would be getting Truman show vibes right now. If I were you listen, I thought the same thing. And that's why I mentioned it last episode. Like the fact that like armored core is coming and like, which you've loved forever before souls is even a thing. And now it's like the same company that has like handled your baby like for the last 10, 11, 12 years is now like handling another is like, oh, look, that's actually the same people that made this other franchise. I absolutely adore. Yeah. Like we're both feeling pretty vindicated right now. Listeners is what is what we're saying. It's we're and in a just good place. Take the usual amount of smug on this podcast and turn that <laughs> dial up. It's it's nuts. <laughs> oh, man. No, I mean, I 
just to pivot back to like that in relation to Dead Space, like there has been a lot. 2022 was like kind of a big year, I would say, for like gaming, like with Elden Ring and sure. God of War. Um, starting off this year with Dead Space was a wonderful entry into 2023 mm -hmm. because like this is the year for like survival horror in my opinion like we have resident evil 4 i can say now a month away you know we'll definitely wow. both be playing through that oh, yeah. um i i know not a lot of like i know you're probably not into it but like i got really deep into the forest um i know mm -hmm. like <laughs> i'm a sidebar about that about that game um it's one of those things like you see people playing like frantically on a stream. Like, right. Like yeah. I had no idea how deep the story was in that game or how much fun it was whenever you get in like with a group of people and like start exploring the caves and reading the logs and stuff like that. It was pretty fucking intense. And like, <laughs> I, I've, I'm kind of a snob when it comes to gaming. I, I like to think I have a pretty high bar for like what's considered quality. I was blown away. So that comes out in the end of February as well. So like I'm weeks away from that. So like I say all that to say like this is a really stacked year. And for mm -hmm. like I can't tell if I'm like if I'm being targeted for games or like all companies are looking at the slate for 2023 and going, okay, if we don't produce this year, like we're missing out. Cause like when you have games like dead space resurge you're not only just getting like the audience people who like dead space think about the people that haven't played a video game in 10 years that are going oh shit like i love that game i'm gonna pick right. something up and come back and play it like there's just a lot of reasons to come back to gaming now and i think that or get into it for the first time and i think that dead space is like a great example as to like why gaming is so crucial because like you get a great story. You have fun. You get value for your money. You have expandability in like all types of like ways from the original. There's mm -hmm. like great music and intensity. It looks awesome. Like there's it's visceral as hell. Like what a way to start 2023 is what I'm trying to say. Like, and I think it's only going to get better. So I completely agree. I think it shows a rededication to, you know, the sort of games that really resonate with you and I you know, more single player narrative driven linear games, you mm -hmm. know, and if, if this catches with people, I think that's a, that's a great sign that I think, you know, there, there's a market for people who just want to be told a really good story and, and dead space is a great example of that. So yeah, I, I think you're right. I think good things are on the horizon. Whenever you played, like, whenever you rolled credits on this game, like, what was, like, the one thing you were, like, that made you want to come back to it? Like, for me, I, I guess I'll I'll lead into it. Like, the reason I immediately was, like, New Game Plus and, like, started it again, like, right then and there was, like, there's such a strong cadence with this game. Like the game never lets you sit in one spot and like wonder what to do or like mm -hmm. look at the environment for too long. Like I think the the most it does that is probably on the bridge and it's probably just because it's just the size of that room. It's probably the biggest room in the game. Yeah. Um, but like 
it does a really good job of like pushing you and pacing you really well throughout the whole game, even without the enemies. Like the music and the environments alone are like are like rivers. They they just flow so easily. So that's what like really got me like back into it was I, I want to be told what to do when I'm gaming. I want like the game to speak to me in that way. And like mm. Dead Space just fucking hits that like on every single level with me. So that like I didn't want the experience to end is why I jumped back into it. So I'm curious like what was your reason for like I shouldn't say not the reason you jumped right back in in that moment, but like what's your the reason this game is like a must play for you? I think yeah. You know what it is is for a lot of reasons you said the fact that like I do kind of like when a game pushes me forward. You know, I like when it's clear what I have to do, even if what I have to do is difficult. And Dead Space literally like is so good, you're right, about its design of pushing you from place to place. Um and in this way, like Dead Space is kind of like it's weirdly kind of a comfort game for me. It's one where like, you know, I feel like I know the Ishimura at this point. I know this mm-hmm. area so well. Um, and getting to relive it and the best thing I can say about this remake is that it's how I remember Dead Space looking. Not how it actually yes. looked, yes. which is very different. <laughs> Cause, uh, I'm so happy you said that. Like, that is, that is, I, I had said that recently about something else too. I don't remember what it was, but like, mm-hmm. you're, you're absolutely right. When I think back, uh, oh, I said that about Prime. Mm-hmm. Like whenever I've booted up Prime Remaster yesterday, I actually jumped on a, a quick stream because there's a couple of people that wanted to just see it. Right. So I that was exactly the words that I used was that this game looks on Switch how I remember it looking in my head. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's I think that if you have an experience like that, it speaks to like how good the original game was because you loved it enough to like put the flaws aside put the issues yeah. you had with it it transcends the capabilities of whatever machine you're playing it on and just lives right there in your brain and just constantly gets the like <laughs> the ethereal revisions it needs to always be perfect in your head so when like you see that like come to life in a in an aspect like this it's like an instant like classic to me like i yeah. will always think back like this is fucking awesome and hopefully in 10 15 years it gets another remake because it's just a, it's one for the ages man <laughs> like it's so good yeah i know i, I just it, like uh, stopped you from talking and answering and no, ripped it out of your mouth but cuz i well you're right cuz i think it, what it really speaks to is the strength of dead space's art direction which is so instantly iconic Nothing really looks like Dead Space does. This sort of like heavy industrial sci-fi, um, I think, is so engaging and so like you know t- uh, tailored to to this game in particular. You know, it, it's just it's so unique in that case, and I think that's probably why it sticks out in my head as strongly as it does. Yeah, for sure. That's interesting that like as as many times I've played the, this game, like you're right, like this whole it's such a vibe that the game has that like you don't even realize it unless you're, you know, contextualizing it in that fashion. That like industrial thing, the whole thing mm-hmm. is like this whole this whole ship is about like like agriculture and industry. 
Yeah. Like the the whole thing is like in in Dead Space One, I guess like I didn't really think about that, but like the just the ability to like tell the story with with visuals and environment obviously we're fantastic in the first one but like obviously when you get better visuals and the ability to add more pixels to a screen like you just you inherently are going to open up opportunities to you know continue and further that uh that metaphorical excavation into into that avenue but like dead space does what like i think that every a lot of video games try to do to where it like there's like a perfect blend between the type of like visceral like really get your hands dirty work that's done on the Ishimura without mm. before all of this to like how things are now to where it's like everyone is like you really get the vibe that like people here fought <laughs> here like there are people not like not like they fought like between them and the aliens like they fought for their lives like it wasn't just like they got team wiped and like yeah, they didn't. You get the vibe that like there's people still alive on the ship in random pockets, fighting their hearts out because these are like industrial fucking people that are just are not going down without like that strong of a fight. And I think Isaac is a great example of that, being like he's just an engineer. This dude's yeah. not a combat expert. And I think that even uh, there's a line that Kendra has that she says, or no, it was Nicole. She says you're a surgeon with that thing, mm-hmm. and. I think that's great. Like it's, it just goes to show that like Isaac, obviously that being in Isaac's head, he is starting to realize that like he has a knack for this and didn't even realize it. So, yeah. um, I don't know. You could read into the subtext of all the conversations like that, given with who's real and who isn't, but, um, <laughs> even playing through it, knowing that she wasn't actually there, it's, it, they do a good job of making you forget it. So, yeah, I'd say that's true. Yeah. Just the amount of, environmental storytelling is just unmatched you know in every room you can there's a logic to it It, there's a character to it and you can see what life would have been like on this ship before everything went to hell which makes the whole experience really uncanny and interesting um like part of the reason i love souls so much yeah oh there's a lot of yeah same same sort of deal um you know, I I love Dead Space completely, and I think I love those sort of elements of it more than I like the, like, horror elements of it. Like, it's just, it's good sci-fi is, is really the part of it that I, that I love the most. Yeah. No, I, I, there's not another game that, uh, let's say this rewind the clock two years before this game was announced. And they had asked me like, what are three games that if you could get remade on modern console, you would want, this would have been number one or two, mm-hmm. like hands down. So like seeing things like this, get new life and new futures and hopefully, and just new fans and a new audience is just one of the most rewarding things because like in 2008, like yes this game was fine i wasn't the reason this game was successful but like i was part of that machine you know mm. i bought the game i worked in an industry that i could tell other people like you have to try this there's at least 10 people out there that have played dead space because of me and that makes me feel good so like 
that's the reason I love post game content is because I can come here and do this and tell other people like, obviously you probably hate me if you've made it this far in the episode and haven't li- played this game yet because we spoiled pretty much all the the, the good shit. You knew but what like, show you were listening to. Come on, <laughs> it's true. But like I say that to say that like Dead Space is one that like the story, which I still think is great. You talked about this a little bit ago, is not what you're here for. Mm-hmm. You were here for great mechanics, a really good time, some jump scares, and just a really intense environment. Like, just a just fucking masterclass in in gaming. So yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Like, I, there's just there's just a lot. Like, I, I my notes are just like so full of stuff. But like, there's there's. There's so many things that like I just want to talk about and like I want to rip on the game for this. I wanted one of the like one of the things I thought was like really weird was um in the in my new game plus run, I had to when you're playing through the game the first time you like the first game did not have a security clearance system, the original. It had right. power node doors. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't true. know about you, but like when I was first started the remake, I had a power node locked and ready to go. No, didn't spend it because I was like, "There's gonna be doors that I'm gonna need mm-hmm. to spend this on." And it wasn't until like chapter six or seven, I was like, "Fuck this power node! Like I'm just gonna spend it." <laughs> um, but what was weird it was like I got to the end of the game, or near the end of the game, and got the master override, and I was like, "Cool, I can get any door I want to." And then I started playing on New Game Plus. I could not get in security clearance one, two, or three. Yeah, that makes but you I could get in the master override boxes. Even like I was like, yeah, why? <laughs> Such a weird, a weird choice. <laughs> but yeah. I, I get it. The it what it made me realize was that the those weren't there as a new mechanic. It was a, a way of allowing people who were going back through backtracking through there to get new ammo and different types of of things when they needed it for that situation. Which I think made sense. Like, that was a good way to pace out resources in areas that you're going to have to backtrack back through. Like, that was clever stuff. I I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, there's just... I could talk about this game for a long time, but I think that we hit the the highs and lows pretty pretty well. So, um... But, there's one thing I want to hit on. I promised our listeners a giveaway in the Discord. You um, did. If if you if you're out there and you're listening, you may be waiting for this. You're in the Discord. If you're not in the Discord, the link is in the description down below. We have a lot of good conversations. Talk about all types of shit in there. Anything video game related happens there, pretty much all day long. Um, it's true. So uh, we we don't have like Roger and Russ's like dog shit takes in our Discord that often. They occasionally creep in. We we like to like keep that stuff like hidden in the Super Nintendo Bros podcast yeah, they- <laughs> Discord. But um, which by the way, I legitimately lost it when I was editing that episode. And you're like, oh, you can find me in this where I'm dealing with your dog shit takes all day. <laughs> I was dying every Um, day i read something that i think (laughs) proves that we're drifting further from god's light (laughs) oh man 
But I promised everyone a uh, a giveaway. So here's what's going to happen. You have to be a member of the Discord to participate, which, again, link is in the description. I'm about to give you a keyword that you have to be in the Discord and find me and shoot me a DM uh, to be entered. And then everyone that does this will be entered into the giveaway. And I will let this run for a month. I will... Uh, due to our next episode release, because I understand not everyone's going to listen to this in the first couple of days or the first week or so. Give everyone time to get saturated. You have a month to participate in this. The word, as it just keep on topic for today's episode, is necromorph. So find that a word. Good one. <laughs> find out how to spell that word. <laughs> uh, be in the Discord. Message me that word and you'll be entered in we are giving away two things we are giving away a copy of the dead space remake that we are talking about right now um on the console of your choosing um we are also going to be giving away a copy of the last of us part one on ps5 or if you'd prefer to wait till pc uh which launches at the end of march uh we will uh you could take your choice there so those will just be the regular editions of the games. Um, I will not offer you cash instead. Do not ask. Um, <laughs> so just, I'm already uh, fronting this with my own money anyway. So just be generous or just be thankful. So you have the word necromorph. Let's move forward. Max, if you were to like, I know I asked this, and I know you have a different way of wording this. So I should probably let you do it. But if you were to like, sell me this game in like two sentences what would you say oh shit okay the elevator pitch for dead space um, <laughs> yeah random random dude in the elevator you're like listen dude <laughs> listen, you shut the fuck up for a second <laughs> that's one sentence <laughs> okay uh, <laughs> picture the most thought out like um actually let me back up do you remember like those books you used to get as a kid where you would have like a cross section of different like Star Wars like uh, ships and things and you could see all the different rooms. Like, do you, did you have one of those? I don't think so. Okay. No. Well, there were these books that like basically were illustrations of like the Millennium Falcon and stuff and it would show a cross section so you could see like, here's where all the engines are. Here's where like... Um, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I gotcha. Okay. Picture one of those that amount of detail but also there's zombies in it i'm in <laughs> sold <laughs> 10 out of 10 <laughs> it is I that like level that. of detail and also the most stressful experience of your life <laughs> picture reading one of those and then somebody just kind of like zaps you with something every like couple of minutes <laughs> Oh God! Thank God there was no like. I I was really worried that with this game they would implement like some type of like handheld melee or something. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad they didn't do that because like one that would have been a straight rip out of Callisto Protocol, and two like they made Isaac. I don't. <laughs> let's talk about this for a second. Isaac's swing is he like Thor in this game or something? <laughs> Did you like just like in a room like just swing at things? Because oh, absolutely. One of the things I, 
And like one of the things I liked about this game a lot was like they just put items like behind shit on shelves every now and mm-hmm. then, and like so I was constantly like hitting shelves and things. But like whenever Isaac like just swings, like shit just blows up and like flies all over the room. He um, commits to it. I I think it's warranted because he gives a full body swing to ever even when there's no enemies around or whatever. He does this wild like. <laughs> oh, dude, so yeah. Well, like the first time I fought the brute, I posted this in the Discord, but like this is 100% true. First time I fought the brute, I was loaded. I knew it was coming, obviously. So I Mm. I loaded up on Kinesis uh, or Stasis. And the dude like charges to the wall, Stasis him, ran around like where his back, I hit him. One, two, three, arm popped off, node popped out, and he died. And I was like, that was a little too easy. And in every brute, the entire game, you kill in just a few swings if you're behind his shoulder. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, damn. Like, it was, it's almost like they were like, no one's going to want to get close to this thing because it's so big. So let's make his weakness being really fucking close to it. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> felt that way. <laughs> but, um, so Max, would you say that you like this game? Do you think it's pretty good? You know what, Michael? That, my opinion is yes, I enjoyed this game. <laughs> Well, fuck your opinion, because there's people <laughs> out there that don't like this game, and we're going to find out why. So we haven't done this in a few episodes, so we're going to do it now. This is Second Opinions. Get ready. So um, first off, Max, if you were to guess like what the Metacritic score for this game is, what would you what would you take a swing at? Um, okay. It's an incredibly good game, but I think it's also a little bit niche just because I think, you know, the horror branding kind of puts people off. I'll say, I'll hedge my bets. I'm going to say 80, straight 80. 80? Okay. Um, It's a lot higher than that, thankfully. We're actually sitting at an 89. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So I, I was personally... I hadn't loaded this up until like midway through the episode. Really happy to see that high of a number. Mm-hmm. I saw whenever the game launched that day, they or I should say the review embargo lifted, right. uh, which was a few days before launch. Uh, reviews were coming in at like that anywhere from like 93 to like 87 mark. So like, I'm happy that it stayed there because I was worried that like the hype would, uh, would carry it. And then the real reviews would start to come in and it would, Sure. damper down but i'm glad it stayed very average um but the first opinion uh these are not user reviews these are in the critic reviews okay so the first one comes from metro um i'm just gonna there's a full review here but i went down to the review summary where it goes over the pros and the cons and i'm just gonna this they don't give it a terrible score this is a seven out of ten okay but it's what they said that i want to see how how you think about this. So it says, in short, it's an excellent remake of a not quite classic survival horror that makes a convincing argument for the continuation of the series. However, the original game always had problems in terms of pacing, repetition, and unoriginality, and the remake graphics could be better in the zero-G sequences, as always, were disappointing. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there. Okay. Yeah. Well, that flies in the face of everything we were just talking about. Because I think Dead Space is iconic. I I think it did such a good job differentiating itself in a space which 
you know, people who weren't around at the time won't know this, but in the late 2000s, people were fucking obsessed with zombies. I don't know why it was a thing. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> and I'm so worried that like The Last of Us is going to spawn that again because I think we as a society need to move on. But <laughs> like it set itself apart in like a very, very widely treaded area. Um, yeah. Because of that like unique art style, because of these weird mechanics that it came up with where like, you know, you have to aim for limbs and you have to think about the orientation of your gun and things like that. Um, repetition, like unless you're talking about the core gameplay loop, which I always found the combat like engaging. And I think all these different parts coming together where no two encounters felt the same to me. Um, pacing problems. No, like it's we just talked about the exact opposite of that. Yeah, actually, <laughs> it's tense the whole way through. It constantly pushes you forward. Um, the only thing that I could maybe see making an argument for, and it's it, it it's right, but for the wrong reasons, um, is the zero G sections. And I think the only reason is because a lot of those are boss fights, and I think the boss fights in these games generally aren't great. Like yeah, it's, it's not the, where they shine. <laughs> yeah, the Leviathan fight is a little bit. I mean, you're just playing zero G basketball, and I'm not trying to like diss that <laughs> mini game because I played it a lot too much. Um, but it's the same shit. So, like, you're right, but you're wrong. You know? Yeah. I thought a lot of the same thing, and that uh, one of the things that like really hit me here was like when the game launched day one. I jumped into it, and I was like okay, this looks fantastic. I was like, but I could still see little things that like graphically that I was like, I'm not super impressed with this. Mm -hmm. But then like two days later, a patch and then graphics drivers launched that were ready right. for the game. And like a lot of that shit just like went through. So I'm curious like when this review came out. Yeah. Um, so maybe like that, that could have went in. But like just today when I was playing before we recorded, I noticed this. So I have like that that weird shitty uh, armor on that like Stormtrooper-esque mm. uh, combat armor. And it has like same like ridges to where it's like the, um, I don't even know. How to, it's very textured to where it's like black than white, but black than white. Yeah, yeah. I was out of ammo completely because I had, I was, I'm trying to get the achievement where I'm ripping the limb off mm. while it's, with kinesis which is right, really right. fucking hard i cannot get it um but i'm trying to get that achievement and so like i'm out of ammo because i put my plasma cutter in storage and i'm like whacking this thing like trying to kill it and just back and forth and then i'm just my character's covered in blood mm -hmm. isaac is just soaked and i was like that's so cool like the fact that i and then i was like i was just standing still which you just rarely do in this game rarely are you just standing completely still and i noticed it the blood literally is running off of the suit if you look really closely and i don't know if it's just on the white one because i didn't notice it before but like mm. in on like the white parts it's like trickling down and it actually cleans as it goes and it good. leaves a little bit of a red sheen as opposed mm. to just being stained what more do you want like that's next level shit man like <laughs> yeah i don't know there's there, a lot no, of unwarranted complaints here. I, I'd agree with that. There's attention to detail that I think, you know, could go unsung. Every time you come in from, uh, like, a zero atmosphere environment, you know, how there's a room that, like, it has to repressurize. Yeah. Um, and, like, 
there's a whole bunch of jets and stuff that pump atmosphere back in. And when it does that, if you like get into an elevator or something so you can see Isaac's suit up close, it's wet because like there's just condensation that's going oh, into it. Oh, I didn't it's notice that re- either. It's a really, really small detail, but it makes a big difference. That is, yeah, that is really cool. Um, I'm doing a, I'm on a doom scroll down this, like the total, <laughs> um, the, the total uh, article here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I see the problem. There are so many references. I don't even need to read it to know. Uh, Resident Evil 2 remake, Resident Evil 4 remake, Callisto Protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God. Like there's so many other games referenced here that they're comparing this game to. And like, Dead Space is kind of like its own thing. Like, Yeah, I, I completely agree th- with that. It's like, think about the original Resident Evil 2 and then think about Dead Space and then think about the 2 remake. Arguably, 2 remake got the foundation for this over-the-shoulder survival horror from Dead Space. Like, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. I, I just think there's a lot of shit comparisons there. Anyway, Metro, you're trash. Um, <laughs> there's another one here that I wanted to read, and this one is actually a... Uh, it's a 50. Ooh. Um and I don't really know what to say other than we're just going to have to tackle it. Honestly, my reason for this is just because I wasn't sure why it was a 50 because this person isn't good. It's it's a critic, not a user, uh, from the the Jimquisition, which, you know, hey. we'll, we'll tackle that at a different <laughs> different date. Um, says, everything good about Dead Space uh, 2023's basic gameplay, combat, and narrative is a result of what Dead Space 2008 built. I don't disagree. It's a there. remake. <laughs> uh, most of what this remake adds is either less appealing artistic alterations or side content that generally amounts to unnecessary padding. And quite frankly, I'd have been more interested in a remaster than a glitchy new take that's less enjoyable and costs more. When you add the repulsive context of EA benefiting from a series that once destroyed right down to the developer, you get a game that leaves a sour, bloody taste, even if it's an unex or even if it's an acceptable mimicry of its predecessor. Dead Space 2008 is 15 quid on digital storefronts. A couple of things. <laughs> One, completely agree. And every time that EA gets money. <laughs> I I lose a little bit of power. I know that's true. Like, they are killing me. Um, and the fact that they, you know, tore up the studio that created the originals and now get to revive it in order to profit off of it is gross. Um, and I don't love that. But to say that this team didn't, you know, it, it's lesser than its predecessors or adds padding, I you know, that's just objectively, unbiasedly untrue. If anything, it would reduce the amount of like backtracking that you have to do throughout this game. There are full segments um, from the original. You know, there's a very extended sequence towards the end of the game where you're trying to collect like a key card from the executive suites. And you're trying to do that while like um, the regenerator is following you around. And it's a huge pain in the ass. And that whole segment was just removed. Um, Like there was a, a lot of thought that went into making sure to stay true to the original game, but fixing things, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, this is supposed to be Dead Space how you remember it. And that's a big difference between how it, like, between how you remember it and what it was. Like, all that 
boring shit in the first game that your brain has already erased, it's not there anymore. Like, I, I can't say enough good things about the editing that was done here. That's a really good point because I hadn't, I forgot all about that because you're right. Like you go back through that whole area where this, this, like the suites are and there's like that mm-hmm. whole segment where you're like in like the frozen room that has no oxygen yeah. and the And you're like pushing there. beds aside and shit because I was dreading yeah. it the entire time through my first playthrough getting up to it. And I was like, all right, we got to do this fucking part. And then it never came. Yeah. Like, you're right. It was, it was thoughtful because like I, that and there, there was a couple other segments that we talked about that weren't in the game or they changed like the asteroids and things like that like mm-hmm. there was so much care and like i said before there's a pretty good chance but this is the vision they had but they had to add padding or someone wanted something and if you have ea benefiting from like a project that had been clandestine and destroyed and, and just left in the dust like that like Yes, it's kind of disgusting that they they would profit like that. I do agree with that. That's where I think that's where the good fifty percent of this interview co- or this uh, the score comes from. Mm-hmm. But like, there's something to be said about the fact that they chose this to bring back. Like, it means that they know what's good, and maybe there's some future here, and maybe some of those developers that you know originally developed that. There's got to be some type of. Um, it has to feel good. It has to feel vindicating for the for those people that get to work on this again and be part of this. Yeah, so. that's true. I'm happier that it exists than if it didn't exist. But yeah, I'm not happy this inner this review exists though. This this Jimquisition. <laughs> I don't know if you were like, hey, check out this review site, Jimquisition. It'd be like one of those things that I would like 100 in Discord via an emoji and just never actually look at it. Like pretty much every link that someone posts in Discord. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah those are some i don't know like i i like doing second opinions on games like this because i know how well received they are and like Mm. the people are just like really reaching so whenever they're finding things like this it makes it easy to like latch on to what this person's issue is and like this person clearly is taking out their frustrations of how they feel about ea yeah the first person the first review is just clearly trying to compare resident evil to everything they want re2 to be or uh dead space to everything they want re to be everything they want the the four remake to be like it's just like you gotta you gotta look at it through its own lens you know sure absolutely but meet the game where it is (laughs) looking at reviews like that i think helps us check you know, the sort of assumptions and the biases that we bring to the game. Like having those challenged a little bit, at least, you know, it 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 forces you to defend the point a little bit more. And I think that's good and healthy. I agree. I, th- I think we do a pretty good job of like calling this game out where we we find flaws with it too. Or like mm-hmm. just in general, things like that. Unless Ooh. it's dread. Like that game's perfect. And if you disagree, you're wrong. So. Can I get one more like... <laughs> you know, really nitpicky complaint out of the way before we end this. <laughs> yeah, sure. Go ahead. <laughs> it's the fucking graffiti, Michael. It's so oh, dumb. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, you know, like 20 minutes ago, I was wondering if you were going to if you were gonna bring that up, but I was I just going to let it. <laughs> as long as we're talking about petty complaints, and like I've done, I've gassed up this game so much talking about environmental storytelling <laughs> and the stupid ass like messages that people leave for each other while they're dying are so embarrassingly <laughs> stupid. Like, <laughs> oh, 
It's really hokey, why? and the game should be the game should really be above that. <laughs> why? Why is every per- like? Listen, if you're on a planet cracker ship, mm. like I get it, like you're you're in the process of like getting ripped to shreds. But like, if you're on a planet cracker ship that is like, there's a there's probably a reason you're there. You're probably reasonably intelligent. Why is everyone on the ship when they're dying a graffiti street artist? Like <laughs> there there's no normal writing on the walls. There's no normal. It's always just like these big loopy spray paint letters. <laughs> like all it's dumb too because like you'll see people who respond to like the first part of graffiti, which that exclusively happens in bathroom stalls in the real world. No one else is doing that. <laughs> Yeah, like what? Like, even if like in this situation, who is like writing? You're all fucked on the wall as yeah. like that are getting pierced. Like you're right. It's just like it really. I tried to ignore it and just like took it as just like paint chips mm-hmm. or whatever. Like just part of the background. But like, yeah, if you really focus on it, it is really disconcerting. <laughs> like it, it, the whole the whole grand scheme of the game. So. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's gotta you gotta take some things as they come, you know. You gotta take the rough with the smooth, as they say. I've never heard anyone say that. Well, now you will from now on. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Thanks, Max. Yeah. Um but yeah, so that kind of wraps up the episode on Dead Space. Like I'm really happy to get this out of the way, not because like I was dreading it, but because like this is a such a classically like a good game that I think about a lot. I mm-hmm. always want to go back and replay it. Um, I can think before this was announced, like four or five different examples of like times that I talked about this game or told someone about this game over the last few years, um, whether it just came up in conversation or I was trying to get someone to play it um, or people were asking me like what my favorite games are. This is just always a conversation starter and something to, something to remember as we move forward and i'm glad that this this got new life and hopefully continues to get more so yeah absolutely even before we knew about this remake dead space was always on the short list for post-game content games like oh yeah for sure <laughs> so i forgot i forgot about that spreadsheet that's mm, sitting out talk, there somewhere <laughs> getting to talk about it while it's culturally relevant is i don't know it's awesome this is this is one of those moments that just worked out very very well for sure for sure um yeah so just closing this out um if you're listening and you missed the if you zoned out and you missed the uh the code word for the giveaway get in the discord the code word is necromorph appropriately um message me that you have to be in the discord message me that privately so no one else knows what the word is and then um obviously because you don't want to kill your chances of winning uh (laughs) so um but yeah so like 2023 is, like I said, just a veritable smorgasbord of good shit. And I'm really hoping to be like more on top of that and like play more of this stuff so we can continue to bring it. But like, dude, I am just also like equally excited to like tear into my backlog and like get to talking about like other shit that's like, dude, we just got Game Boy Advance online. We just got Game Boy. Like, Mm -hmm. we just, and I have a Steam Deck now. Like, there's just a lot of opportunity for like good emulation and playing games that like I've been wanting to replay or play for the first time for a very, very long time. So, you know, I, I say that to like the listeners out there. Like, 
2023 is going to be a lot of fun. So, um, I, I hope that, I hope that you all agree. So, um, and just remember like not a, not every episode's for everyone. If you just hate games like this, I get it. Like no, no, no harm, no foul. Like there'll be, there'll be another episode coming in a month and hopefully you'll, you'll like that one too. So, yeah. But it's been a while since we've done like a, a sort of normal episode, you know, and it has. getting, getting back into form like this with a game that like is so, I think, foundational to what I really enjoy about games. Like uh, this felt nice. This is a good way to kick off the year. It did. It really did. It, it was nice to have an episode that didn't have like a set structure that was like, um, because of how old it was or how much like like when it did Ocarina of Time, like the game has been beat to death. So we found a new way to to talk mm-hmm. about it. Like this was just so natural and free flowing that I, I really like that. So hopefully everyone out there likes it too. Um and just like thanks for like playing this game, Max. Like I know that you were gonna play it anyway, but like it's just cool to have that sounding board just to like talk about this kind of shit with because like even if Max and I weren't doing post game content, this two and a half hour conversation probably still it would have happened. Place. Yeah, so, absolutely. It might not have been all at once, but it, all of this shit would have been said regardless. Mm. So, uh, everyone out there, just like thanks for listening, thanks for keeping up on the show, and you know we've we've been having a lot of fun with this, and you know if there's like I said, twenty twenty three is a packed year, so full steam ahead into into the next one. So, um. I won't bore anyone with my with my spiel. If you want to support us on Patreon, you know where to find it. Um, you want to check out the other shows on our podcast, Banner 13 Palm Trees, you know where to find them. Some really cool shows coming, some new shows coming for a lot of different non-video game type stuff uh, down the pipe. So keep a close ear to the ground on the website, on our social media. Um, just a lot of really, really cool stuff that I'm really excited to unveil and get everyone involved in. So um also, if you like Max and mine's humor, check out uh, Under the Shade episode one and two very soon are up on our Patreon and on YouTube now. So um, <laughs> there's some shit on there that probably shouldn't be live, but it is. So just <laughs> just enjoy it. <laughs> um, yeah, Max, any uh, any closing statements, anything you want to give to the audience before we before we jump off? Yeah. Just, you know, uh, like we said, this year feels like I'm I'm full of optimism going into it for a lot of different reasons. Um, if you're feeling a little bit low after the holidays and, and uh, you're looking for something to, to pick you up and keep you going, you know, what do we always say on this podcast, Michael? There's always pain. We'll see you next month. Goodbye. Goodbye.